Ladies and gentlemen, jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. Welcome, folks, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in northwest Pennsylvania. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for your belief and your trust in us as we walk through this uh, minefield uh, together. The reason I'm laughing, um, right before that, right before the show starts, you know, it, it's it's like you've got 23 hours notice for the show, right? You'd think you'd have it all down, right? Eric handed me a piece of paper, uh, like five minutes before airtime. Says here, so everything you need to know is right here in this piece of paper. Where's the paper? I think Joe is messing with me. I really do. How you doing, Joe? No, I'm not gonna kick a dog while he's down. Yeah, yeah, believe me, I'm down today. <laughs> yeah, I have a rough day. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh it's tw- uh, sideways, I'm sideways actually. But anyway, I, I just want to welcome everyone uh, to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Thank you. Thank you so much for your belief again and, and your trust in us. We've got a great show lined up for you today. This is really a groundbreaking uh a groundbreaking show this hour. Before we get to our guests, a couple of things. Tonight's broadcast brought to you by Whole Tones. Oh, my goodness. Have you, you know, Whole Tones, uh, have you seen Whole Tones recently? Uh, have you, do you have the whole, do you have Whole Tones? Oh, you gotta go to Whole Tones. Go to HagmanReport.com and click on the link to Whole Tones. Uh, I've gotta tell you, the music that soothes the calmest beast or that motivates those in need of motivation. Uh, it's just a tremendous, uh, music track, Whole Tones. And, and folks, uh, go to Whole Tones. And, uh, you, you, the whole, whole, yeah, thanks, Eric. WholeTonesLive.com. As I stutter my way through this, that's okay. WholeTonesLive.com. Um, it, more on that later. But, and I, the second thing I want to mention is, uh, uh, I don't know how many people heard this, but, uh, Michael Savage got attacked yesterday, last, yesterday after, re, after, uh, I saw that. Yeah. Look, I, look, I don't know if he was hurt or anything like that. He's bloodied up. But the fact of the matter is, we're telling you, this is a civil war. This is a war that's taking place in this country. Now, I don't want to, when I say war, obviously we're not, we're not, this is not Syria. This is not Iraq, of course. But this is an ideological warfare that's taking place. And, and folks, you, you better understand that it's coming to a neighborhood near you. That's all I've got to say about that. And, uh, Michael Savage will be in our prayers, certainly. Um, and, and and all of the people on the front lines will be in our prayers. That said, I'm going to kick it over to Joe for some rational uh, discussion. <laughs> we have a, a great show lined up for you today. In uh, this hour, we are joined by uh, Sergeant Sangari. He's been a guest on our show many times, and uh, he's a U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel, the CEO of the Near East Center for Strategic Engagement. That is uh, N-E-C-S-E dot com. And we are also joined by, and I'm going to maybe mispronounce his last name, Emmanuel Kosheba. He's the Secretary General of the Assyrian Patriotic Party and the Commander-in-Chief of the Assyrian Armed Forces, the whole Assyrian Army. Uh, Mr. Sangari. Yeah, and I do want to say this. Bill McIntosh, you're the man. Bill McIntosh yeah. from Ocasa Media. You're the man. Thank you. 
thank you for bringing these two gentlemen on. Um, you're the man. Go ahead, Joe. We'll bring on uh, Mr. Sangari first. Welcome back to the Hagman Report. It's good to be here, guys. And uh, same goes for Bill. He's a wonderful guy that works hard, effortlessly, and uh, uh, he's given us the opportunity to at least be able to inform the viewers of what is happening downrange. You know, you've got a lot on your plate. Uh, you've got so much going on. Where do you even want to start? Because uh, our, our our listeners are so. I mean, I, I've been getting emails since your since since people knew you were coming on. I've been getting so many emails. Uh, people praying for you, your your efforts, your army, your the the people people wanting to know how they can help. People wanting to know what the status is, what the real truth is. So, you, you pick it up wherever you want to. Pick it up at, and go ahead and superintend the the uh, discussion between you and the other gentlemen. Uh, I think we can start with uh, the commander. You know, uh, he's on the ground. Um, he's uh, he's got the most up to date information right now. Um, just wanting to update everybody who's watching. Uh, federal judge came out and uh, again uh, ruled uh, uh, against President Trump's new executive order on the travel ban. Uh, so it's a very difficult process for a country to move forward on issues, especially when it comes to making changes on range to be able to help the Christian Assyrians. So um, it's been the wonderful support that we have received from the uh, viewers of Hagman Report. Um, last year, I will tell you that we have had 576 multifamilies who were supported uh, through the donations that we received. And if it wasn't for those donational support, uh, we wouldn't have an army on the ground. We wouldn't be able to uh, operate as we have done, and we wouldn't be able to be here to have a say as far as the future of the Christian Assyrians are concerned, both in Iraq and Syria. And I'll let the commander talk a little bit more about the updated information, what has happened, what has transpired, some of the positives that have come out of uh, the operations, and then we'll also look at some of the negatives because both sides need to be explored. Uh, with that said, commander, uh, is on you. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, thank you uh, uh, for this program. But uh, uh, at first, I want to say, uh, uh, and I pray to uh, uh, Mr. Michael Savage uh, for what he what's happening to him, because he was uh, one person who who support us in 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 another time. Uh, we need that support uh, for that he's in our pray and uh, God bless him and God save him God save America uh, another time uh, I want to say thank you for, for having me uh, in this time and uh, I wish I can uh, able to, to explain uh, too many things and uh, what's going on in our situation uh, as uh, a Syrian Christian people that uh, we are what we are facing here uh, at this moment at this time at this uh, uh, clashes between between uh, the big uh, political uh, groups even uh, countries that uh, uh, took from our area uh, a part of of their uh, ambitions to 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 make their uh, political views at, for that area, uh, both sides from Iran and from Turkey. So this is this is uh, our situation, uh, and uh, uh, 
really we talk about about uh, what we are facing and what will happen to us if there's no uh, uh, any view to to rule that uh, uh, to rule Iraq with with uh, the uh, uh, law and to put something on the ground after uh, uh, Daesh defeat, defeated. So uh, what we see here that uh, Daesh uh, uh, soon uh, or later uh, they will be defeated. But uh, what about their ideology? What about their their mentality? So this is the problem. What what we facing here? Uh, like we see uh, in another uh, cities that liberate, like uh, Ambar, Ramadi, like Fallujah, like uh, Tikrit, Beijing. Today, in Tikrit, uh, uh, they liberated two two years uh, uh, under under uh, Daesh occupied. Uh, now they liberated today, and this uh, uh, evening uh, there was a suicide uh, uh, bomb. Uh, and uh, they killed more than uh, and injured more than 45 uh, uh, persons. So this is a mentality. They have this mentality have roots in in in, in the uh, society in the community. For that we need to to uh, change something and to face the reality that uh, this terrorist ideas from where come. So for that we need to change it to leave everybody in peace and dignity. Yes. So, uh, Commander Manuel, what I'm hearing from you is that the the current players on the battlefield aren't isn't what's going on is not the most important thing. It's the ideology, and it's it's the mindset, it's the terrorism uh, that you are looking to to combat against. Because uh, even children born today, you know, in, in 15, 20 years. Can accept and, and become a part of that ideology, and you know become fighters and, and soldiers and suicide bombers. So the, the, you see, the the biggest problem is is with the the mindset of the people. Um, what's the best way to go about uh, rectifying that or changing that? We must uh, uh, at first we must uh, uh, look at seeing that if we. Uh, uh, let the rules go with the religions. We will face every time some kind of of uh, radical thoughts to to become uh, 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 outside in level, and they will rule it with with those uh, radical thoughts. Because the we know that the so if you if you see to the religion. Uh, you you will see some kind of of uh, uh, terrors in in, in in this kind of uh, of thoughts. Uh, uh, they 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 see the the people who are none in their religion uh, uh, as a second degree or a second level of people from the from the uh, even they are. Uh, more than uh, them, they established the council of this country, but the problem is in their religion. So what, what we what we see here that uh, uh, all all things, all the terrorists became uh, uh, from from the religion. One time I I write an article and I ask in that article one question: 
Did you see anyone bumped his, himself when he get out from bar or from mosque? So, so, so th- th- this is the, the problem and we must face, face this problem and we must solve it, uh, uh, this problem. Everything is in mentality. If we don't go to the, to the civilian rules, civilian law, uh, we cannot go with, with the religion. Uh, religion uh, uh, not give us the democracy, not give us the dignity. They saw the people in different in different levels. These are are uh, really uh, very hard. <coughs> Sorry, and uh, look what's going on. And uh, even more than these things happen, uh, the political groups uh, are uh, really play in 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 our ground, and uh, for that. We are loose from two different fields. That is, uh, uh, from the political parties, uh, the big political parties, the major political parties, and from the from the other side, from the religion. Look what's going on. Like that, uh, uh, we have laws until now. And this after after 13 years that we we think that uh, we built democracy in Iraq. Until now. Uh, they they make rules that every kid, Christian kid, or let me see in this non-Muslim kid, will be converted to Islam uh, under under 18 if one of his parents convert to Islam. Why? Because they have in the in their in their religion they have that uh, the Islam is the best religion uh, uh, for for Allah. So how how you can you can feel that uh, you have future in this country? How you can feel that you are living in dignity in this country? So this is all what we need to solve, and we need the international community to help us uh, in this. It's not a problem of defeated Daesh in 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 in, uh, in a war, but how you will defeat Daesh in in their mentality. That, that, that's a generational <laughs> problem. I mean, that, that's yeah. going to take gener- Okay, but in terms of the the actual battle itself, um, who are your allies? Do, 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 since okay, well, maybe I'll, I'll ask this. Since uh, the the leadership in the United States has changed, has that improved anything at all? Uh, yes, uh, yes, we hope that, uh, really, Mr. Eggman, uh, that, uh, uh, after this change happened, uh, uh, we hope that, uh, uh, there are future and they will come. Because, uh, uh today I, uh, what I, uh, hear from, uh, Twitter from Vice President, uh, uh, Pence, Mike Pence, and, uh, uh, he tweets uh, about about uh, something. Uh, uh, he say uh, grateful that uh, OTD in uh, 2016 House recognized uh, the genocide of the Christian and Yazidis and religious minorities at the hands of ISIS. This must end. We hope that uh, it will be end uh, because. Our people, they don't want uh, uh, to live like like uh, immigrants in 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 
in another countries. We don't like to. We we establish this country, Mr. Hegman, and we want to build our future in this country. We want to stay in this country. For that, we we will do our best to let our people uh, to stay in this country. But uh, another time, I will say we need uh, to help from the uh, international community because our allies. Uh, uh, for sure, we have allies here on the ground. Everybody, everybody uh, fight the radical thoughts and fight the ISIS uh, uh, terrorists is our allies. But uh, uh, there are there are a price for that for those allies, our local allies. That price is uh, uh, their their uh, political ambitions. If I could add to that, uh, guys, uh, sure. uh, when you look at it, if I can bring it all to what has happened over the past 30 years and tied to U.S. Uh, foreign policy, really, U.S. foreign policy has been a failure over a 30-year period. And um, that's what has created the uh, conditions and the circumstances that have led to where we are currently. Uh, as an example, at the beginning of the show, I did mention that the uh, judge in Hawaii came on and ruled uh, uh, for a stay as far as the executive order is concerned from President Trump. Now, this is the second time that the POTUS has tried to at least give some time for the systems to look at the immigration policy of how to deal with countries that are actually producing these terrorists, which the commander is talking about, or these ideologies. Um, and we had recently written a uh, uh, paper on uh, Near East Center for Strategic Engagement, where we talked about why do so many nations that are friends nor enemies to the U.S. Uh, eventually become adversaries to us. Um, if you take a look at it specifically, some of the facts that we looked at, if you listed nine of the facts, uh, one of the facts that we said they should be a ban, at least for the system to look internal to themselves to study what is happening uh, within the immigration process was that uh, ISIS has infiltrated refugee camps in Germany and elsewhere. Uh, we looked at the fact that uh, ISIS has used the uh, fake International Office of Migration uh, papers to gain entry into those refugee camps. We have had captives, whether it be Yazidis or Christians and others, who have actually seen the individuals who captured them, who were ISIS fighters in those camps. Um, and, uh, you know, ISIS has made it clear that they want to attack the United States. What happens with uh, U.S. foreign policy, when these internal fights take place between political parties, legislative branches, uh, uh, lawyers debating on what is right and what is isn't right, states, uh, you know, fighting against the federal government, U.S. credibility is shot in the region. So when the commander says we want to see a change, uh, that change has to be done by the president, as the vice president has come out now, said that this must stop. The president actually coming on and um, literally telling us what that policy is going to be that's going to help the Christian Assyrians to be able to stand in place. Uh, a majority of these Christians in Syria and, and uh, Iraq that are suffering are the Assyrians. We're ethnically Assyrian. Uh, and the fact that what are we going to do to be able to give them a safe haven for them? It possibly for them to stand on their own as our allies to protect themselves in the region. Um, take a look at what's happening with uh, Syria. As an example, <coughs> we were asked by the 
U.S. forces um, a couple of years ago to be able to support in operations in Syria that the U.S. wanted to execute. Our recommendation from the Syrian army was, well, if you wanted to help me, you should have been here before my 38 villages in Syria were cleared and taken by uh, ISIS and now have Kurds fighting internally over territory that belongs to me for their own state. Um, not to come and ask me to help, all ISIS is going to do is use us as Christian as a lure and a worm on a hook to bring into a larger fight. Take a look at what's happening now in Syria. Well, the Marines are now introduced in Syria. A couple of things need to be understood. Russia was asked by the Syrian government to come and support, and they did. U.S. has not been asked by the Syrian government to come and support. They've had discussions with the Russians and the Turks and have now put forces on the ground in eastern Syria. Russia is sitting in the Mediterranean, have a, has a warm water port, has a good relationship with Assad regime. Uh, it doesn't even participate in uh, efforts in um, eastern Syria unless it's bombing uh, targets with its aircrafts. And now our Marines are going to go on the ground. They're going to participate in land combat operations with individuals who literally are not allies for us. They just need us now. And then after they're done with taking our money and our weapons, they're going to turn their guns against us. Those poor Marines that we're going to put in that fight have to sleep with one eye open. So we're going to go in there. We're going to clear the enemy, in this case, let's say ISIS. What happens after you clear ISIS? Eventually, either you're going to have to leave Syria or give Syria to somebody else. Russia, if they fight this, get rid of ISIS, and then now we're going to go after the Assad regime. That's not going to happen. Russia will replace Assad. Iran and Russia will have a footprint in Syria, and United States will end up on the losing end. If Syria is divided, then U.S. will be blamed for the division of Syria. If Iraq is defeated and ISIS is defeated, U.S. will be blamed for the defeat of uh, the Islamic State, as Russia uh, will be sitting in the uh, western part of Syria, uh, pumping oil out of there with a warm water port that they've always wanted. So when we're talking about policy changes, what we are still seeing is that same old policies that were under uh, Obama are kind of being carried on under the new administration, and we're hoping that a change takes place. Okay. Um, the Marines, uh, the, Marines sorry, I, I heard you the Marines, about how many Marines were um, deployed in eastern Syria? Uh, I cannot get into the operational uh, oh, okay. information on that. Okay. Um, but it, it doesn't matter. Uh, one thing I think people need to understand is it's very easy to raise an American flag. It's very difficult to bring it down. Uh, once you raise it over Iraq, once you raise it over Syria, bringing that flag down is difficult. And we've always said, do not tread into areas where it might work against you in the long term as far as foreign policy is concerned. So we're hoping that President Trump comes out and finally makes a decision and says, look, we have enduring allies, these Christian Assyrians, they're the natives of these areas. They've gone through a genocide. We need to support them. They should have a footprint in both Syria along their 38 villages, and they should have a footprint in Assyria Nimit Plain, which the name of the ground is given Nimbus Plain from a historical perspective on the Syrian Nimbus Plain because that's how it's been recognized. So if these are the indigenous people, they're the best, closest Western thinking allies that we have in the region, then we should be able to support them to functional budgets that are pumping money into the hands of the Kurdish 
regional government in uh, northern Iraq and to the al Shabi, uh, which are Iranian-aligned militias or the old Quds Force that fought against us and killed some of my friends on the battlefield. And at the same time, in Syria, where we are supporting communist Kurdish groups and these radical Islamist groups that have absolutely no interest to support American wants and desires for future in Syria. And if we think that we're going to be able to flip those guys and use them to somehow uh, uh, push Russia out of the region, the best way you could have pushed Russia out of the region would have to allow them to bleed in Syria instead of sending our boys to bleed in an area while the Russians are sitting suntanning themselves in western Syria. These are the things that need to change if you want direct support. Now, this is what the Syrian army will give you. And this is how we briefed previously NEA, which is at the State Department under the previous administration. We will tell them the same thing here. An enduring partner doesn't just run and say, give me money and chase after dollars. If that was the case, we would have been paid by uh, Russians, Iranians, Kurds, Shia militias a long time ago. But we decided to hold our ground, hold a forward line of troops, and work literally with these uh, Americans who have helped us with pennies, uh, if possible, here and there, uh, where they helped us through the United Assyrian Appeal in order to be able to sustain a multifamily to keep a force on the ground. With $85,000 spent last year, we literally kept a forward line of troops that defended the Kurdish regional government and the Iraqi forces before operations for cleaning of a surrender plane took place. It's not a difficult cost if you have the right partners. These individuals that we're partnering with, we have done for 30 years, do not care about U.S. philosophies. But $85,000 is your, was your operating budget for, for that specific? Yes, we held uh, the forward line of troop with $85,000 last year. And, and that's all we had. And we supported... Uh, 576 multifamilies by doing that. So you can see the difference wow. between your allies. Wow. Folks, every penny counts, and we've got to stop the Christian genocide, the Christian and Syrian genocide, and, of course, Lieutenant uh, Colonel Sergeant Sangari and the, com- the commander as well. Yeah, Emmanuel uh, Kosheba. And the website um, for Mr. Sangari, the Near East Center for Strategic Engagement, that is NECSE.com. We're going to be right back. Uh, both gentlemen will be with us until the end of the hour. So don't go anywhere. we got a lot more to get into. What's happening with Turkey? Uh, what's happening with the, uh, the immigration and infusion? And much more. Don't go anywhere. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. In a thrilling series of novels, T.C. Joseph takes us into the lives of three families who struggle to maintain normal lives in a world where conspiracy theory and Bible prophecy collide. 
T.C. Joseph's viewpoint of alternative history and understanding of prophetic events will change your view of the world and the events on our horizon. Kirkus Review states, Readers of End Times Fiction will be hard-pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. Extremely readable and fast-paced. Blue Week Reviews boldly states, Fans of Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series and Tom Parada's The Leftovers will find this thought-provoking series absolutely riveting. Order your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation series from Amazon.com. Book 1, Precipice. Book 2, Pentecost. And Book 3, Penance. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Uh, two very special guests, Lieutenant Colonel Sargas Singari, and uh, the commander of the, uh, the Syrian Christian Army. Uh, I'll tell you something. This is a real time, real. I mean, this is a real time update, folks. Before we get back to them, I just want to mention Green Innovative. You got about four and a half hours left uh, for their uh, the fourteen percent off sale. Greeninnovative.com. That's Greeninnovative.com, folks. Take advantage of their fourteen percent off sale. Alan Riggs, uh, hold them to it, man. Hold them to what he what he. You know, I'm I'm kidding. He's he's a good friend of the program. But fourteen uh, percent off your purchase at uh, Greeninnovative.com. Go to HagmanReport.com. Click click on the link. But in any case, use our coupon code Hagman. Joe, kick it over to you. And uh, wow. yeah, we uh, we have with us uh, Sergeant Sangari and Mr. Emmanuel Kosheba, who is um, let me make sure I get this right. He is the Commander in Chief of the Assyrian Army, the Assyrian Armed Forces. Uh, Mr. Sangari's website, the Near East Center for Strategic Engagement, um, and he's the founder of the United Assyrian Appeal. Um, 
coming back, Mr. Singari, I'll start with you. What's happening with her Drogon uh, in Turkey right now? Um, he hasn't changed. Uh, he's making money from the refugee process, and he will continue operating the way he does. If individuals go and take a look at the Near East Center for Strategic Engagement again, uh, we wrote about how uh, the refugees have become the new oil uh, for Erdogan, and that happened on our first anniversary. So you're going back uh, um, a year and a half now since we wrote that article. Things have not changed. Um, these individuals are individuals that are interested in their self-preservation. Um, currently, um, he's introduced his uh, uh, special forces in northern Syria. Erdogan has, um, and um, his uh, his tank units are taking an absolute uh, horrific rate of uh, casualties. They're at almost 65% operational readiness rate. And uh, the part of the reasons why his special forces are operating in Syria is they're getting pummeled. And for him, it's okay that they get pummeled because he knows that if he brings them back to Turkey, it's possible that there might be a coup against them. Uh, so these are individuals that would sacrifice individuals under their leadership for their own benefit. Um, and as he's doing that, he's striking deals with uh, various different regional players, putting even our allies in some bad positions. Um, as an example, when we were talking about infighting that is taking place between what we call our allies, uh, recently uh, we had posted on 5 March where there were classes, clashes that took place on what is called a Hansor complex around Sinjar. And uh, this fight took place between two Kurdish groups. These are the Kurdish regional government uh, forces, which uh, at that location under the Rojavan Peshmerga were mostly composed of uh, Syrians and Arab Kurds, uh, um, or I should say Syrian Arabs and Kurds, and then uh, also what is called the uh, Sinjar Protection Unit, which is majority uh, Yazidis, but supported and controlled by PKK, which is another Kurdish group in the region. So as this fighting took place, at the same time, U.S. forces with the Iraqi uh, security forces were conducting operations to try to root out and kill or capture majority of the ISIS uh, fighters that are in western Mosul. Well, guess what? Under Under this fight that took place between these Kurdish factions with the Kurdish regional government forces fighting over Khansur, complex, we had a lot of individuals who were able to use that route through the Hansur to escape. And um, this uh, happened right after uh, Mr. Masoud Barzani came back from a meeting with Erdogan, uh, who has in the past supported um, ISIS, and he is now a NATO ally. At the same time, he is allowing refugees to ransack basically uh, uh, Europe to hold them uh, at a cost for a dollar uh, per refugee as he collects from the UN, from the United States. Um, he is uh, committing the U.S. forces in certain areas to fights in order to be able to get between the Turks and the Kurds. Listen, United States over the past 30 years has tried every single possible ally that he can. Uh, none of them have a want or desire for the U.S. to have a footprint there. Uh, and now we have to break deals with the Russians. We're going to get the glory as we bleed in the Syrian desert 
just to be able to say that we were able to accomplish something. If it was all about destroying ISIS, that was the only thing that America had to worry about, then we could have done that. It wasn't that difficult. But there's complexities that I think sometimes are not understood with what happens in the Middle East. And based on that, I would honestly would hope that uh, the one decision that President Trump makes is that the Assyrian Christians, who are the native indigenous people of Iraq and Syria, need to have their own footprint, need to have their own security, need to have their own capability, and we need to support them as we do with functional budget 150, just like we support the Kurdish Sunni Muslims and the Arab and Shia Sunni Sunnis and Shia Arabs in both Syria and Iraq. That's it. All right. Commander, uh, uh just let me, let me, uh, uh, uh point to, to Mr. Speaks. For, for, for us as, uh, as a political party is as a, both kinds of, uh, uh, people that, uh, fight them Nobody have the right to fight. Uh, uh, the Iraqi uh, uh, land only the Iraqi people so what's gone on what's happened is uh, two sides from, from they came uh, uh, PKK came from Syria and uh, the other people they don't have the right to, to fight in, 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 in our land my in, in our villages uh, Mr. Sergis know uh, uh, very well PKK they are occupated my house in my village so, uh, so uh, uh, who gives them that right to to come here and fight? And our villages became bombed by Turkish uh, in 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 uh, past uh, three or four months because they are in, in in our villages. We are paying the taxes, not uh, uh, from from the fighting between between the clashes. Even even we are paying the taxes of our land from from everywhere they are they are fighting. So this is this is a, a really complicated. For that, we want to to make uh, uh, everybody far away from from those people. We need to be this land uh, 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 to live in dignity, live in peace, uh, to build our future. This is, was one of the points that we cited as as a political parties uh, 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 last week. Uh, about about uh, to call for the United Nations international community to the other peoples that we need uh, uh, to let our lands far away from the from the political clashes or conflicts. Please, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, you, you want to? Uh, look, uh, President Trump winning was not just a revolution in the United States. It was a revolution that was accepted and seen and supported um, in other countries. We expect to see the same change in Iraq and Syria when it comes to the Christian Assyrians. If the voters will go to the voting booths and vote, they didn't just vote on an economic interest issue. They said, we are tired of the way the systems are functioning. You've got to change it. And President Trump went to the uh, uh, went to the White House to drain the swamp. He's going to have a difficulty. Uh, we just wrote an article on the Near East Center saying how the Fed hike 
and the interest rates is to tie his hands. And a lot of the individuals who are part of the swamp, and it goes across the board on the political parties, are going to stop him from being able to borrow from the Fed like President Obama did on the 0% interest rates in order to be able to handcuff him to not be able to get any of these missions done. So President Trump, as he's trying to establish new processes to head the country into the right direction to clean up the messes that we have caused ourselves over the past 30 years, is also having to fight through the system. As an example, what the commander is uh, alluding to, the Christian Assyrians were told, as we were told when we went to the Near East uh, affairs at the State Department, at that time, uh, Mr. McGurk was still at the State Department, and he's still at the State Department. So from a policy perspective for individuals downrange, it's not about the person. Uh, Mr. McGurk is a good man, uh, but the fact is that he still reflects an old policy from how the Middle Easterners view him because they say, well, nothing has changed. You have a new president, but State Department is the same. Department of Defense is still the same. Uh, the Department of Defense under Obama was committed to supporting uh, bad actors in Syria, uh, which caused the uh, Syrians to lose 38 of their villages and become casualties in war. And frankly, that was the first time the Syrian army lost a casualty was when the Harbor River Valley was overrun. Um, and we hadn't lost anybody since 2014 fighting tier one, tier two level operations. And now, again, we're introducing the same Marines after the Syrian army has said, stop introducing our, you know, American boys into the fight, uh, because it's really not going to achieve anything at the end. It's not going to solve the problem because the people you're allying with are bad actors. Uh, Russia will eventually win in the region. So what happens is, as an example, we were told you have to go either serve under the Shia of Iraq, which uh, are accused of the war crimes, or the Peshmerga, um, and who are taking over the Assyrian lands. When Assyrian Nimit Plain was cleared, it wasn't cleared by Assyrians. It was cleared by the Peshmerga and by the Iraqi army 100%, 100% of the homes that we wanted to come back to were looted. 60% of the homes are structurally destroyed. 75% were burned inside and out. And some of them were done after ISIS was kicked out. So under the federal budget, which is divided approximately into 20 categories, which we call functional budgets, there is a piece of budget, regardless if it's the Department of Commerce executed or the Department of Defense, both the president budget, which is submitted annually, and the uh, uh, State Department, uh, and it, where the SECDEF actually uh, goes and actually uh, tells the Congress that this is what I need in order to be able to function. Um, this budget, which portion of it falls into the foreign affairs budget, requires on the function 150 to be able to support, as we do, our uh, allies in the region. And how do we support our allies in the region? We support them uh, based on uh, the monies that we use for the purchase of weapon or equipment or for military sales in order for them to be able to stand on their own, to be able to, in this case, hold a federalized Iraq together, or in the case of Syria, I don't know what the plan is. I'm going to be honest with you, because at the end, Russia still wins. Uh, so 
when we look at providing multi-assistance to allies as part of that budget, the Assyrian Christians who wanted to support will split. Thousands of our fighters were taken, as far as Christian Assyrians are concerned, militiamen were put under the Kurdish Peshmerga, and the rest were put under al-Hashashabi, which is an Iranian-aligned militia, which even Israel has to get rid of sooner or later because of its needs to ensure that it's safe and secure when it comes to Iran having a larger footprint in Syria, which Hashishabi has said, once we're done with Mosul, we're going to expand into Syria. So they divide the Christians, put us in the hands of uh, these individuals who want our land, who could care less about us, who put us in the front lines, get us killed, target us, instead of taking the same budget and giving it to us. So if Mr. McGurk was in the State Department before, and he's in the State Department currently, Mr. McGurk was executing the orders of President Obama, which was putting us under pressure to be either under the Shia of Iraq or under the Kurdish Peshmerga. President Trump has come in. He still has Mr. McGurk in position. Well, we haven't seen a change yet. The Syrian army is still waiting to get direct funding and support for those functional budget 150s and stuff, the Iranian-aligned militias getting it, which are an enemy of Israel. How, how can we change that, Lieutenant Colonel? What do we need to do to get this changed? Uh, the congressman will say it's part of U.S. code, uh, and it's going to be too hard for us to change it, but the reality is that it starts with the president. The president has to come on and say that the Assyrian Christians who are the indigenous people of Iraq who have gone through a genocide uh, need to have their own place to be able to secure their future for themselves both in Iraq and in Syria. And once he says that, then just like we support and fund certain groups that are our enemies in Syria by also committing our uh, Marines to fight along with them, we could commit our Marines and our capabilities to fight along with the Assyrians so that Assyrians can support the future of a federalized Iraq in the region instead of having the Kurds and the Shia turn their guns to each other right. after Mosul operations are done and kill us all in the process. Right. And my my one last question about this, uh, just because uh, so this is clear in my mind, at the beginning, you had mentioned about the travel, um, the the, res- the restrictions, the refugee restrictions by the United States. Is this not, uh, just to be clear, I, I, I thought that we were now turning the tables where Christians were being able to seek safe havens should they so desire into this if I, country. If I can jump in, that was in the first... Um, immigration executive order that Trump issued giving priority to right. uh, Christians. That was not in the second order? I don't know. Um, I have not read through that, but I know that the um, you know the, the media over here called it bias, even though we saw, what was oh, it, 99% um, Muslim to Christian ratio under Obama when you have a 10 to 15% Christian population there. But the first executive order Trump issued that was shut down uh, had the provision in it for um, giving Christians priority. This right. latest executive order that was shot down today by a Hawaii judge, I don't know, but it was supposed to be written in a manner that would well, hinder judges from being able okay. to do this. But. Bottom line is it nothing, this is not helping, is what you're saying. 
No, nothing has helped. Uh, the reason being because, remember, part of that process is, first of all, nobody in America is allowing the systems to be able to look back through their processes. they got to get past the approval, finally get this approved. The courts have to allow this to happen mm-hmm. so that the systems can look back through their processes and go, okay, here's where we need to make corrections. They're not even giving them an opportunity to do it. This is the second um, orders have been issued, and you have individuals who are more interested in winning points rather than looking at the overall security issues that cause. I just laid out the nine, some of the nine points of how ISIS has used these routes to come into the United States. Look, I'll tell you about your, uh, about our immigration policy when we're looking at 30 years of failed policy. Um, I was recently asked, is it just this particular ban? I said, no is how the UN also pushes people through their systems. Right now, the Christians, Assyrians that we have are in countries that are have staffs that are all Muslim. Um, and even their dialectals are different. Uh, we had an individual, uh, when I met with the refugees in Jordan, who had to come in four times and literally had to draw what the bathrooms in his headquarters looked like when he was in the Saddam regime as a soldier when the U.S. Uh, invaded uh, Iraq. Uh, how the heck is that going to qualify as being a good citizen or steward for the United States or not? So these poor guys are still stuck in the system. And as soon as we push for an executive order ban uh, to be able to look at our systems, when people make it so-called an anti-Islamic issue, that staffer in the U.N. camp, who's doing a professional job majority of the time, but... Uh, you know, I, I can't tell what their sensitivities are going to be. And when they see that there's a Christian Assyrian and there's a two other Muslims who are sitting here, he may pass those two Muslims through and say, well, the Christian Assyrian, you know, uh, I'm going to help my people before I can help you. Uh, it shouldn't be that way, but that's what we're doing. Look, the immigration policy that we have has been a failure because of all the other options. And one of the things I mentioned was that take a look at the um, um, uh, the visas that we issue for tech-capable uh, people. Uh, you know, since our school systems are so awful and we can't even produce individuals who could do basic math, we have to go and suck uh, these experts through the uh, uh, B-1 visas in order to be able to bring them to the United States to be able to use them to run our tech industries. Well, I'll tell you, these individuals go back to their countries. ISIS knows who they are. They may have worked in a uh, somewhere in a power plant, a uh, atomic power plant in Alabama. They put pressure on the families there, or we send these individuals back after we've trained them to our adversarial countries, and they use them as a capability to gather information and intelligence on us. And if a shooting war takes place between larger countries in the future, then guess what? They're going to use them for their benefits, just like China uses North Korea for its benefit if there's a larger shooting war in the Pacific against the United States. Our, our policies are broken across the board domestically and internationally, and President Trump has to not only clean those policies up, has to work within the current system that is broke to try to do that, while he has individuals within his own party who might be against them, especially the other party who's only thinking about the next election cycle. Uh, where are the Assyrians? We're stuck. We're stuck. Who's keeping us afloat? United Assyrian Appeal to 
listeners like on the Hagman report. And, and well, let's let's address this right now on behalf of command, uh, the commander and the lieutenant colonel, UnitedSyrianAppeal.org. Look, folks, you know it's it's the command the commander and lieutenant colonel. This is not going to change. So, lieutenant lieutenant colonel, uh, I'm going to toss it to you, UnitedAssyrianAppeal.org. We need people to come together. We need people to support your efforts because, frankly, if they don't do it, it ain't going to get done. How can people help you? Um, just go in and donate. It's tax deductible. Uh, we had a telethon last year. We had Dr. Gorka, uh, Michael Rubin, um, um, uh, and various other individuals, Michael Savage, yeah. uh, who helped us in 2015. Um, uh, and uh, we've already sent out a paperwork for taxes this year. If you haven't received them from UnitedAssyrianAppeal.org, then let us know. Contact us so we can turn over those documents for you. Um, you know, it's, it's a good way of taking care of the families until finally we're able to allow the current Trump administration to be able to move forward with the support of the Syrian Christians. And uh, uh, God bless um, uh, the vice president and the, the president. They're trying their best. Uh, they're, they're swimming upstream uh, against the tide. And, uh, you know, we'll be there waiting until they're able to, at least we can help them in the foreign, era, foreign policy uh, area, especially with the guys on the ground who are enduring allies to the United States and Israel. Okay. Um, Lieutenant Colonel, you can toss it to the commander. we got about three minutes if, you, if you'd like to. Commander, you you got it. Uh, uh, just I want to, to say uh, one thing about the, the immigration uh, law. To pick up the, the indigenous people like a Syrian Christian from their land and to uh, took them to the United States, it's, it's not the solve of the problem, Mr. Hagman. Really, uh, the the solve of the problem is how to support them to let them live in their land. This is what what we need. We don't need to lose the Christianity from the Middle East because the 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 Jesus Christ came from the Middle East, and if we if we lose this fight. Then we, ever we face any fight, another fight, we will, we will run away from that because it is very easy to run away in a, but it is not, uh, uh, very difficult to stay and fight, uh, uh, for, for your, for your, uh, thoughts, for your, uh, problems. So what we need here is, uh, uh, and I think that, uh, uh, United States have the ability and capability to, to let the people, uh, uh, our Assyrian Christian people, to live in their in their uh, uh, land and in their dignity with 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 support their political demand, because we don't want to be uh, uh, to live in a ghetto. We want to live in in somehow we can we can build our future. This is what we need, but. Because we are weak as a people, uh, uh, we don't have that uh, uh, majority of, uh, uh, you know, you'd see it. Uh, uh, everything is going with with money, with uh, uh, economic, with oil, 
but uh, like Assyria people, they, they, they took oil from our land, but we cannot uh, talk about anything. What do you think uh, this fight is all in the Middle East, Mr. Hagman? It's all about the power. That's right. So yep. uh, we, we are paying tax in, in, in that way, but we need here... Uh, as we we hope that uh, uh, Mr. President uh, uh, Trump will will support because he came from from uh, uh, the root and background uh, uh, of the Christianity and uh, for sure he will not let the Jesus Christ fail down in the Middle East. This is what we hope. Commander, thank you. Shalom, Minister. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Commander Emanuel. It was great to, to have you on the show, and uh, we look forward to hopefully doing this again. And, folks, continue to, to keep uh, Commander Emanuel and Lieutenant Singari in your prayers. And, Mr. Singari, thank you for coming on again. The Near East Center for Strategic Engagement, engagement the United Assyrian Appeal dot org. Um, yeah, thank you for joining folks, us. folks, and, and assist them. Thanks. Look thank forward to, to working with you thank again you. in the future. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. God bless you. God bless, guys. Keep up the good work. You as well. All right, when we come back, Stephen Menking from the Amateur Society will be our guest. Don't go anywhere. Greenovative. Go to HagmanReport.com. Click on the link to Greenovative. But what Greenovative is, it's a small company in Florida. They created something called the GMAG Power Cell. It produces electricity by adding salt water to this unit that recharges rechargeable batteries. It's the coolest thing you'll ever see in your life. It's really neat. Really a, a super device. All right, You need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a bang, you're charging your rechargeable batteries. Super GMAG chargeable is affordable. It's lightweight, weighs about 8 ounces. It's durable. It's EMP proof. And it's environmentally friendly. Yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, six AA batteries off the grid when other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night. Go to greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com. Perhaps you're a business out there, a small business. Would you like to extend the reach of your business? I bet you would. Would you like to, to have the same opportunities as companies such as Omaha Steaks and Pro Flowers and Casper Mattress and some of the bigger companies out there? Would you like to have that same power? Advertise on our program. Go to HagmanandHagman.com or send an email to opportunities at HagmanandHagman.com. If you go to HagmanReport.com and HagmanandHagman.com, there's a link where you can, you can, you can, it's a big red box. You'll see it. You'll see it. Click on that link. And go ahead and read the benefits that we have created for you. I think it's I think it's a fabulous opportunity. For 
investors, timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash, trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime, valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Consider visiting our forest plantations. Qualified, accredited investors should go to PreciousTimberProfits.com or dial 855-888-6288 for more information. Call 855-888-6288 or visit PreciousTimberProfits.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288, PreciousTimberProfits.com, PreciousTimberProfits.com. Of the Hagman and Hagman Report, folks. I, I, you know the last segment you heard from the United Assyrian, well, the uh, Assyrian Christians, the army, the, the the people who are fighting the war. The, did you hear him say, "We just we want what's ours." And the, the numbers, the, the, the numbers of, of the, 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 our town, our homes are, they're destroyed. They're looted. We want what's ours. What is, and it, it just tugs at my heartstrings. And imagine your daughter, for example, if, if you're a father or a mom, imagine your daughter's been kidnapped to be used as a sex slave. This happens. It happens. Imagine having to abandon your elderly parents as ISIS advances just to save your kids, that that you're a mother living in an open field with no money after your husband was killed due to his religion. Being a Christian, this is going on over there. And, and, and you feel compelled to prostitute yourself to feed your toddlers. Imagine living in refugee camps and ghettos where you're attacked daily by mortars. You don't know where the hell they're coming from, but you know they're incoming. This is happening. Or where children from nearby villages dump scorpions so your family can be bitten. This is happening. Imagine needing a, to walk uphill a mile. You know, it's a joke, right? No, this is no joke uh, for fresh water because people deliberately defecate upstream, contaminating the, the, the drinking water for your family. This is happening in... This is happening. And the two gentlemen that were on before, the, they are fighting this battle. Imagine being denied an American visa because you're a Christian. This has been, this what this happened under, under the renegade, under the, the, the renegade Obama, the lawless bastard right now that is fighting Donald Trump. And, and the, the, and yes, I mean that literally. That lawless Muslim bastard that is now out of the White House, that is now fighting Donald Trump, it denied America, denied the Assyrian Christians visas simply because they were Christians. And they are Christians. This cannot continue. How can we help? That's what we asked. Well, 
unitedassyrianappeal.org, unitedassyrianappeal.org. We have, we are helping them to the best of our ability, and we ask you to do the same. And I want to thank right now Bill McIntosh of Acasa Media. And let me tell you something. A guy's got a huge heart, a heart the size of Manhattan. Intellect to match. But I want to make sure that you know that, you know, who's responsible for bringing them on and that you know, you know, you know everything. Uh, So please. Anyway, our guest right now is Steve Menking. Steve, without any further ado, come on board. Well, thanks again for having me, Doug. It's a privilege and a pleasure to be here. I'm all fired up after that last segment because, you know, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, we are in a fight. We are in a fight for our lives, for our eternities, for the eternities of our neighbors and our families and everyone that we know and everyone who's alive right now. And, you know, we always dream. We feel like there's a connection to a story where we get to be the hero. Well, we can be the hero right here and right now by doing the things that we can do that are within our control to help the good win. That's the ultimate question. It's good versus evil right now, and it's hard. It's hard. You get the feeling that so many people are discouraged and embattled, you know, having this election where everything was supposed to change, and many, many things have, but there isn't this immediate uh, denouement, and we haven't immediately switched over. So this is this is an uphill battle, and we have to be there to fight it. Nobody's going to fight it for us. It's the Lord's power and the Lord's glory and the Lord's name that will prevail, but we have to be able and willing and ready to play our position. So with that, you know, we just need the power of God to do anything right here and right now. So let's go right to prayer and right to the throne of grace. Jesus, we just lift you up and we praise your holy name. Lord, you are righteous and true and you're ever faithful. You've never failed us, God, and you never will. This is according to your promises and according to the word of God. I thank you, Lord, that you are good and that your mercy endures forever. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would touch the hearts of all those who are anguished and depressed and in prison and who need your liberation, your truth, and your freedom. Lord God, I just pray a special blessing on Doug, on Joe, on Eric, on JD, on John, on their families, and everyone else who's affiliated with the Hagman and Hagman Report. Lord, bless this broadcast. Send it out far and wide. Use your Holy Spirit to soften hearts, to draw people in. There are only so many people who are speaking the truth and lifting you up, Lord. So I pray that you would bless them with strength, with courage, with just incredible things that are beyond even our imagination. And Lord, I lift up uh, Colonel Sangari and Commander Kashaba to you and the Neary Center for Strategic Engagement, Lord. They're doing your work. They're standing their ground and they're fighting for what you have given them, Lord. And we just glorify you and we pray that you would open the doors that need to be opened for your people to prevail. I pray a blessing on all of those who are out there on the front lines in any regard fighting, fighting for the good and on the families that support them, uh, when they're separated. And so, Jesus, we just lift you up. I pray that you would overshadow my weakness with your strength and that your words would be my words and that you would deliver the message through me that people need to hear. I don't know what that is, Lord, but you do. And so I pray that you would be glorified and that your name would be lifted up in this generation. All right. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. What a wonderful prayer. Uh, Stephen Menking is our guest, theamateursociety.com, and he's a prolific uh, writer. Uh, I... Talk talk show personality. I, I'm going to tell you, he's 
fantastic. Um, we're, you know, before, before, uh, you came on, we were, we were talking about where to start. I'm just going to turn it over to you. So start wherever you feel led to after that prayer. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. You know. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's pick it up with a piece of scripture. Let's go to Proverbs because we need wisdom right now. We need wisdom more than we need anything else. And we need to seek the kingdom of God first. So let's go to Proverbs 3, uh, verses 5 and 6. This is a famous and a, and a well-known passage, but it needs to be something that's in our hearts right here and right now in order to accomplish the objectives that the Lord would have us to focus on. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. So one interesting point that I spoke about with John Robertson on the latest episode of On the Objective is that it says don't lean on your own understanding. It doesn't say not to use it. We have to use the intellect and the rationality and the observational capacities that God has given us. It's an incredible gift. So many in this world are spiritually blinded. And so they literally can't see the truth in front of their face, even if it's presented in a cogent, material, uh, connectable way. It's just not, they have eyes to see, but they don't see. Ears to hear, but they don't hear. So we need to be in that mindset of using our understanding, but not leaning on it in terms of, oh, this is going to happen. This is what I, this is what I think. This is what I know. We can oftentimes prove ourselves foolish rather quickly and rather unfortunately. And so as I've begun to make podcasts and everything else, I've become more finely attuned to this because each word we're going to give account to. And the greater visibility of that word, the greater the, the greater the account and the greater the stakes are. So for us, it feels like we're in between something and something else and we don't quite know exactly how it's going to play Boy, out. That, that's a great, that, that, that's, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. We're in between something and something else. Wonderfully the, vague, isn't it? it, it but, but you know, that is so accurate to right. me. I mean, in my spirit, in, in, in my intellect, I can feel it. Yeah. Yeah. I can, and I can hear, I can hear it in your voice too, Doug. It's like we fought so hard. We got something and we got nowhere all at the same time because we're looking at all these different vectors across so many different issues and topics and investigations and it's like mind-boggling the complexity of it, and so we can't do anything, and it feels like it's paralyzing. But there is something that the Lord would have us to do each and every day, and it's up to us to lean on his wisdom through his word and not to lean on our own understanding, because otherwise we'll just get sucked up into the media cycle and we'll spend uh, 20 hour, uh, 24 hours talking about Rachel Maddow and her and Trump's tax returns when... We don't need to be talking about that. It's a, it's a more or less a distraction, even though it feels good to see what looks like a win after all of this sort of rolling press charade about all sorts of different things. But if the let's take it back to the really practical stuff. What do we need to do? All right, read the Bible. Like that's you know let's start there. Let's spend some time in the Word of God, preferably at the beginning of the day to set the tone for our day, because when we engage with the Lord that way, He'll quicken one scripture to us. He'll quicken whatever we need in that moment because we don't know what we need. And gentlemen, I'm, I just turned 29, but I'm old enough to know that I don't know what's best for myself. That was a, it's a hard conclusion to come to and many people still need to get there, but it's an important one because then you can find yourself approaching the one who really knows the one who created you for a particular purpose. And then the one who can give you the strength to walk in it and act it out. But it, it really does feel like we're in between something and we're on the edge of something else, which could be 
chaos. It could be radical order. And all of this boils down to this really poignant battle that is going on behind the scenes and what we know is asymmetrical warfare. And we see the evidences of this kind of struggle playing out before our eyes. And, you know, we knew the CIA was doing all sorts of stuff and that you could take control over people's cars. But then when the truth comes out, anything that would, would have been a total bombshell is, you know, people shrug their shoulders. It's just the way that it is right now. And so that means that we're working with a very limited group of people, not because this group is special or anything else like that, but just because it's few in number. Uh, you know, many there are, but, you know, the... The narrow road is pretty is pretty narrow these days, and so we're gonna we're gonna stray from it if we're not focused on the Word of God to get the spiritual nourishment that we need every single day. And this is similar to you know if if you go on uh, the Times Square Church website tscnyc.org, this is very much in line with the sermon that was preached this past Sunday about the desperate need for us to do the basic things right, and that includes and is perhaps focused on spending some time in the Word of God. So that's my that's my sort of general update on what we need to do. If I had to boil it down into one sentence, it's read the Bible. You're absolutely right. And uh, you just said it best, in, um, you know, getting back to basics at a time of what seems to be mass confusion, uh, doubt, the the enemies, you know, uh, pounding at the gates, uh, creating scandals, creating confusion, creating deception for the purpose of misleading people and driving them, uh, you know, emotionally crazy driving them to hate more, driving, uh, you know, they're really toying with people, but it's a very targeted um, countermeasure to this populist movement, the Trump presidency, whatever you want to call it, his presidency and the, the supporters of that. And getting back to the basics is something that it's overlooked a lot. And, but it, it can be very, it is very important for all of us, especially in our, on our spiritual walk. But not only that, it helps us in our day to day in dealing with, um, you know, a lot of this resistance, dealing with this hate and this deception, it helps us to see clear the the bigger pictures and, and what is important and what is not important. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, again, folks, we're amen, amen to that, Joe. I think if we don't have that, we're just going to lose our minds. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 impossible, and we're facing something that no generation of human beings has ever faced in terms of our understanding of the way that we perceive information, all these myriad sources and the level of deception, but you get the feeling that the people who are standing in opposition, it's kind of just like a an animal that is under threat from a predator, and so it tries to puff itself up to make itself look larger than a threat than it actually is. But given that that's the truth, why can't it be undone? Well, because there's all sorts of spiritual protection and everything else that's at play. So it's not just a might makes uh, power makes triumph kind of way. It's a it's very much a spiritual struggle. And so if we're not if we're not playing our part right now in this generation, we're going to get run over and we're going to regret it not just for the rest of our lives, but for all eternity. No, you're absolutely right. And uh, your analogy of a, <laughs> an animal puffing itself up in front of a predator is very. Uh, on the money, especially when you consider the spiritual aspects behind it, because there is no other answer, in my opinion, at least, as to some of the things that we're seeing today, the, the overall atmosphere, this, um, um, you know, this, this hate that, that's being pushed, this intolerance, the agenda that's behind these people from, you know, both far sides from, um, you know, what we saw from Podesta's emails to what we, um, we know that these, uh, counter, 
revolutionaries or revolutionaries are working on behind the scenes trying to, to drum up this insurrection. Speaking it's a of that, dangerous sure. time. I, I just want to interrupt. Uh, speaking of that, go to homelandsecurityus.com. Those of the people listening to this, homelandsecurityus.com. I did uh, early early this morning. I, pub- I posted a press release at homelandsecurityus.com for the. Uh, Awakening yeah. shaken. I hate to do this on air, but you got to fix the year date on that release. It's one year off. And thanks to an emailer who, who corrected that for us. And, and I read that just before the show in the in the studio. Am I living in the past? Yeah, or am you, I living in the future? You're one it's the Mandela behind. effect strikes again. <laughs> uh, that's all right. Uh, you know, it's uh, I did that. I think at four o'clock this morning. So <laughs> that's uh, See, it's the optimal time for productivity and accuracy in typing. I can I can guarantee you that. Yeah. But um, yeah. One interesting part of all of this, just because you mentioned it, Joe, in terms of this, the idea of an American Spring, where you know George Soros is funding all these monies and they're going to move around and motivate people to move and to act. I think one of the unintended consequences, and to a certain extent, it's probably intended of the way that our scholastic, educational, and other kinds of institutions have enforced political correctness and coddling in my generation and in the younger one even, unfortunately, they've made a whole lot of weak people. And unfortunately, or fortunately as the case may be, this means that they're not very motivated. They have very low attention spans, and things like, I don't know, a little bit of snow up here in the Northeast can turn an entire city into absolutely nothing. So... You know, it's back to back to the old dynamic. We got to wait until the weather warms up, and it could be a long, hot summer, which is totally true. It totally is. And you know, the dichotomy is some people unfortunately don't have anything better to do, and they don't have any particular drive, and they've been indoctrinated into a postmodern, uh, relativistic culture, which says you can do whatever you want, essentially, and nobody has any right to stop you from doing that. It's kind of hard to live that way, though, and nobody actually does. So. If you're in, involved in that, you're embracing an inherent contradiction at a core point in your own identity, and that's extremely challenging. It's uh, the, And the picture that's painted for us in Scripture is building your house on sand. If you consider yourself as the house and our bodies are the temple of the living God, we end up in a situation where our identity or the sand or this foundation uh, that, we're, that we're standing upon, if it's self-contradictory or cutting against itself or undermining in any way, then... When a storm gets swept up, it all collapses. But if we are standing firm on the rock of Christ, then we are going to have exactly what we need to stare this right in the face and to say, not here, not now, not ever. Not even for our sakes, but for the sakes of our children, our grandchildren, and all of those who, you know, who deserve the kind of access to freedoms and rights that we've been so blessed with in our generation. And so my, my call to the viewers, and the entire audience is to do your part. Seek the face of the Lord. He knows exactly what you need to do in order to contribute, to bear fruit, to make a difference. It can be as simple as fixing one small thing in your household, in your marriage, or anything else. Just one small thing, and then moving on to the next thing. Focus on what you can do. One of the things you can do is support incredible broadcast services and uh, and ministries like the Hagman and Hagman Report, like the Near East Center for Strategic Engagement. Those guys held the line for 85K. Guys, it's ridiculous. I just read a headline that there was a, I think it was on Drudge, there was a $200 drone that got shot down by a $3 million Predator missile. For the cost of that missile, they could have, I don't know, defended defended their turf and held their ground for a couple decades at the, at those rates. So don't nobody ever say, oh, well, it's not going to make a difference. It doesn't matter. 
I mean, I don't think the two mites that the widow cast in built the next uh, add-on to the temple. It doesn't matter. It's it's about the heart, and it's about our dedication to doing in obedience what the Lord would have us to do, regardless of our level of resources, because ultimately we're all bankrupt, aren't we? I mean, everything that we have isn't ours. It's been given to us uh, by by the Lord or through our own efforts because of the gifts that the Lord has given us to accomplish these things. So our lives are not our own, and it's uh, it's high time that we started treating it like that, and there's no way that we can, you know, we're always critical of safe spaces, right? Let's get out of the, let's get out of the ones that we've made for ourselves. It's ridiculous. Very well said. Um, folks, we're talking with Stephen Menking from the Amateur Society, theamateursociety.com. Um Wanted to, to hit this with you. The Fed raising the interest rates. I don't know if you're ready to go there or not. Um, oh sure, why not? The uh, Janet Yellen of the Fed raised in the Fed raised the interest rates by a quarter of a point today. Um, this is the second increase since Donald Trump's election, and only the third in the last ten years. What are we looking yeah, at? You know, I, I, Joe, I suspect that this is a tactical maneuver against Donald Trump. That's my view. I'm, I'm curious. I, I was going to go. To say, I had the same. Uh, same thoughts, but I want to first put out there, what, what does this rate increase uh, mean for the average American? For the average American, it just means that there's going to be a higher higher rates that you have to pay on things like mortgages and uh, credit cards and everything else because the banks will essentially pass those rates along uh, to the consumer. And so debt or money is going to be more expensive, and that's a problem at the micro level. If you're behind on credit card payments, prepare to be even further behind. It's just you know absurd. The, the the usury on credit cards could properly be termed that, not just in like a reasonable interest mode, but it's it's uh, entirely destructive and it's purposefully so. It's preying on people who don't understand how credit works and haven't been educated in basic in basic financial sense, which will hopefully not lead me into a tirade about the school system. All right, so I'm going to stop. So when we look at the Fed. When we look at an increase in interest rates, that's two in consecutive meetings. So this is a different kind of cycle. You know, uh, they raised in December of 2015, December of 2016, and now March in 2017. But, of course, it's very interesting to point out that the GDP expectations for this first quarter just dipped below 1%, according to the Atlanta Fed, which has been relatively accurate in its forecast. And so the likelihood of a rate Increase was steadily uh, steadily rising as the hard data indicators in the economy were steadily falling. But confidence indicators and soft data uh, like consumer confidence and producer com- and business confidence those those were going up in part because of the promises that that Trump has made and I think really does intend to keep by hook or by crook about uh, tax reform as well as cutting regulations. So we'll see how it plays out in the. In the medium term, in the short term, all we got was, you know, a buying spree in stocks, bonds, and precious metals. And so this is further evidence that points us in the direction that the current state of affairs cannot be um, analyzed or understood by using historical correlations or anything, anything of such sort. All right, well, you know, the dollar is going to go up on a rate hike, so the gold goes down. Well, it turns out that's no longer the case. And you know, the same thing is true with the relationship between the bond and the stock market. I mean, we can see all sorts of ridiculous things that that take people all the way out of their comfort zones and any kind of prognostications or projections um, have a tendency to fail because they're using necessarily historical data. And so historical data might not connect here. So when we think about something, like let's say we're talking about someone's someone's behavior. 
we're interacting with a friend, right? And so we know everything that they've done in the past, and so we have a reasonable expectation about saying, oh, well, in this situation, they're probably going to do this in the future. But we don't know for sure. We just have a good idea about that because people are inherently unpredictable. But let's say your friend now does something totally radical and unexpected, like, you know, betrays you or something like this. This is the Ides of March, so I'm allowed to make a betrayal comment, I suppose. And let's say that happens. Well, that's entirely unpredictable, and the problem is we can't respond, we, or we don't typically respond well to that kind of situation and that kind of mechanic. First, we freeze up, because then we have to go back into the past and say, well, was everything I thought about a lie about this person? And so it's a really, uh, maybe a sloppy analogy to to translate personal relationships to market dynamics, but I'm trying to make it accessible. Things that we think will happen, more likely than not at this stage, are not going to happen, or or at least are not going to happen exactly how we think. And this brings me back to my central point, I suppose, that we shouldn't be leaning on our own understanding. And you probably shouldn't be leaning on my understanding either. You know, maybe I know what rehypothecation is and, you know, was it Wall Street for a couple of years? But hey, this, this button down is from Costco. All right. So I don't have the, I don't have those kind of digs anymore <laughs> and it's probably better for it. But, you know, rambling aside, the point here is that the Fed, you could say that they're doing uh, a tactical maneuver. Um, but you could also say that if they really wanted to undermine Trump, they could cause the economic collapse right now. So why, why haven't they? And because this is a confidence game, what they could have done to undermine them is not do anything because people had a 100% expectation of them acting. And so then they don't act. You can imagine how people would be taken aback, like there's this betrayal. And that would throw throw some interesting things into the mix that people maybe are even less prepared for. So it's all about the confidence game, and so you got to keep it going. Rate hike is now interpreted as, all right, things are great, so the Fed is free to raise rates. But, you know, keep an eye on that inflation metric. Even the flawed ones are perking up a little bit. And we don't want to see that, I mean, unless you're holding precious metals and other things that hold their value through it. So we'll we'll see how it plays out. But if they continue on this trajectory, you know, it's it's going to be a short path or a shorter path, at least, to the time when our debt burden becomes unsustainable, accelerated potentially by the Chinese continuing to sell the treasuries that they hold. That's that's always a, a that's point. always a risk. Yeah, that's that's like the red button, yep. but in economic terms, and that's probably more likely to be pushed than the nuclear suitcase red button, just because we're in a time of asymmetrical warfare. And I think this gets back to the point about how it's really difficult to wrap your mind around these things because there's so many different vectors, and it's not playing out in front of us. Like, wouldn't it be much better and more satisfying if we, you know, if two people could just get in the ring and have a literal boxing match and then all right it's over we settled it but no it's behind the scenes in these subterfuge and this really snake-like mechanics but of course it's like a bad marriage as opposed to the you know bare knuckles fight yeah really yeah folks we're talking with stephen menking from the amateur society the amateur society.com is the website uh make sure you bookmark that and visit it regularly when we come back um want to get into a little bit about the Trump administration and the Fed and what we can expect, if anything, uh, to change there, as well as a number of, of other economic indicators, both uh, here nationally and globally. You're listening to this edition of the Hagman Report. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these short messages. Stay with us. 
Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Uh, masterpreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you could possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. To, I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Eric's. Uh, it's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family. Masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? New Year from all of us at Training Post in the Woods. We pray you have a healthy, safe, and prosperous 2017. And we would like to thank all of you for welcoming us to the Hagman and Hagman family. You're all a very wonderful and special group of people. Because we believe it is so important for you to work and acquire good health this year, we're going to do something that we've never done before as a thank you to you for your support. We're going to make something available that we believe everyone needs. During the month of January, anyone who invests in their health by purchasing either our American Heritage Remedies Kit, our Survivalist Natural Remedies Kit, or $200 in individual remedies of your choice, we're going to give to you our crisis remedy just in case for free. Your health must be a part of your preparation plan. We're here to help you with that dream. May God bless y'all and may God bless America. Happy Happy New Year. Year! everyone. This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. You can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. Welcome back, folks, to this edition of the Hagman Hagman Report. Our guest is Stephen Menking. Um, on the objective, that's his, uh, that's his show. And of course, uh, um, theamateursociety.com. Visit there. Just a correction on that. It's theamateursociety.wordpress.com. Sorry. But on theobjective.org, there you um, go. You go there and you can find the content not only from the Amateur Society, but also uh, the other content on theobjective.org. See, I, I told you I was off, right? A little off today, um, the, yeah. But but having said that, MinutemanStove.com, folks. Um, in addition to Green Innovative, this is the last day 
for that uh, special 14% off sale, greeninnovative.com. In addition to that, our good friends at minutemanstove.com, they've got the perfect rocket stove for you. And, you know, look, in these uncertain times, you need to have a backup for cooking, for, you know, uh, for cooking. This rocket stove is the best in the market. And we all need a way to uh, to cook in the process, uh, heat water and what have you. And a disruption of the power or fuel dis- distribution could really put the hurt on us. So I would urge everyone, please visit MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com for this small, lightweight, wood-burning, and every bit as powerful kitchen stove-like rocket stove. This is our solution. We highly recommend this. It's so efficient. It cuts down your wood gathering, and it's uh, it's fantastic. It's a fantastic unit. You won't find any better rocket stove out there. Stop looking. Go to MinutemanStove.com, MinutemanStove.com. It's made in the U.S., it's made in the United States, serving with our troops in Afghanistan and Iraq and elsewhere. And uh, it's got, it comes with a two-year warranty. To date, no one's ever taken advantage of that. And again, uh, it's, it's a U.S. company, fantastic product, fantastic people. Support our sponsors because our sponsors what brings you this program. Our guest is Stephen Manking, Joe. Yeah, Stephen Manking's our guest again on theobjective.org is the website. During the break, uh, I threw a few things at you that I wanted to get into but I'm going to change it up a little bit because <clears throat> I forgot about this story, which is just as important, not just as important as the rate hikes, it's very important. The debt ceiling mm-hmm. reaches its oh. limit tonight. Yeah. Um, are we ready for it's this? Quiet. Yeah, it's what, quiet. Do we, what do you expect to hear? It's too quiet, right? A little mm-hmm. bit. This very is much. the same kind of thing that precipitated the government shutdown. What was that, 2011 or something like that? It was, it was, a, while, it was right. a while ago, at least in, 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 yeah. these, in these times. And so why have we not really heard much about that? It's it's a little bit strange because it's a big deal. Um, and, you know, the Republicans made a huge deal about this when, when Obama was in uh, the White House, but they also put a lot of repeal Obamacare bills up up in front of them, knowing that they would get vetoed and fail. So, you know, it's it's a little bit confusing to me why we don't see something. Um, at least, at least publicly, because if there's a problem going on, I would imagine that the obsolete media would take any chance that they could get to throw it in Trump's face. Like, oh, because they they made a point of saying, oh, look how disorganized this transition is. It's a, it's in array. It's a it's a me- it's a mess and all of this. And so, wouldn't that be something? It it feels like something's going on uh, behind the scenes, just because something has to be going on. All of these people can't be ignoring this, uh, this technical, uh, technical limit to the ability of the government to fund itself. Yeah, um, walk I me own... through this, man. I, I mean, I, I'm serious because if we do, if not, if ever, everything remains equal, uh, midnight tonight, basically we're shut down. It kind of sort Yeah, I mean, technically there, there's this debt ceiling holiday that has been, that has been in place for a while. It was put in place between, uh, based on an agreement between Speaker Boehner back when he was the Speaker and, and President, then President Obama. And it basically said, alright, we're not gonna worry about the debt ceiling stuff again. We're gonna kick that can to pass the election. So it seems like this could have been explicitly timed and planted to be a significant catalyst, but we don't see a lot of chatter in the lead up to it, which is, you know, quite surprising. It's hard to put your finger on exactly why. Uh, so you get, you do get comments from, uh, Treasury Secretary, uh, 
you know, Mnuchin and you have a, you know, a vague commentary from Mitch McConnell saying, of course, we're going to increase the debt ceiling. And so I, I look at it as a semi non-event, but a significant marker. I mean, if there was a lot of fuss being kicked up about this, then, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a tricky, it's a tricky one to parse because even if you have the, a problem with the debt ceiling, the treasury still has tools at their disposal like printing money and doing fraudulent accounting to maneuver things into stability at least for a few more months but there has to be a solution here now one school of thought says all right you know trump is fine with increasing the debt ceiling that'll allow us to sort of build use this debt mechanism that has to keep going or else or else the entire Ponzi scheme unravels one of the most interesting and revealing charts that you could look at in you can see this even if you have no familiarity with anything economic or financial. You see that the credit, namely the debt, when people say credit, it's just debt. So what we all owed as a country went up like this, so it's growing exponentially. And then in 2008, we had this tiny little dip, and that almost killed everything. So it tells us that we're not looking at something linear. We're looking at something exponential. Doesn't it make you scratch your head that Bush, uh, Bush doubled the debt and then Obama doubled the debt again? It tells you something about the nature of the Ponzi scheme. So does Trump need to double the debt in order to preserve the status quo? Probably. Are our creditors going to let us go to $40 trillion notional? Probably not. China's pretty much had it right now, and they have, they have their finger on the, on the, on the sell key. They've been selling and maneuvering things, uh, to the tune of about, you know, $50 billion a month on a regular basis. And so the Fed snaps those up by printing money out of nowhere, and then they sort of shuffle them off and hide them in the Cayman Islands and other kind of financial hidey holes where essentially Fed shadow balance sheets can exist. But getting away from all this complicated banking talk, I think that something something is going to happen. I mean, that's an incredibly useless prediction because it doesn't tell you anything, but Something has to give, and I don't think this is going to be something that pushes everything over the edge. However, I mean, a revealing interview on this that really brought this back into the conversation was an interview that David Stockman did on Greg Hunter's show. And he said, look, you know, it's the, the, the Ides of March, which is right now, and past that, it's like a really slippery slope. Hard to see how we get through it. Well, you could have this and a government shutdown threat maybe in a few months combined with uh, a rising bent of disunity and civil unrest, to use euphemistic terms, and then we could end up in a bit of a hairy situation. But I don't, I don't know. It's 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 a really difficult scenario because I think one of the primary mechanics that's being in uh, enforced here is when the economic situation has a blip or a hiccup or something even larger than that. When there's this disruption. Who's going to get blamed for it? And if the if the blame goes to the Fed, if the blame goes to the deep state, if the blame goes to the CIA, if the blame goes to Wall Street, if the blame goes to these this occult elite that's behind the scenes, then they lost they lost the game. Uh, they lost all of it. But if the blame goes to Trump, if the blame goes to you know white Christian constitutionalists, then it's a totally different story. And so this is. I think one of the one of the areas where we're playing for all the marbles, but I think that there's about a dozen or so areas where that's the case right now, and so it's difficult to say, all right, yeah, this is the thing, this is the final, uh, the ultimate, uh, the ultimate analysis, because we know that the final word, the final authority, is with God, and so you know, my prayer, in addition to everything else, is that 
that the Lord himself and the Holy Spirit would guide and protect Donald Trump and everyone else who's making decisions for us right now because it's too complicated for any one human or maybe even an artificially intelligent computer to properly figure out and predict. It's endlessly complicated, and this silence is uh, is, is unsettling because in an, in an age where tumult and furor and horrible things can be raised over even the slightest punctuation error on a tweet, let's say, it seems strange that this issue that caused a government shutdown less than a decade ago is now sort of radio silent, except for just a few reports. It's it's very strange. What do you guys, what do you guys think? You know what you said. Okay, really simply, what you said. I don't think that 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 could have been explained any better than that. The silence is is very strange, as opposed to what uh, you know half a decade ago or whatever. There's a lot of things going on that are that are confusing right now that are odd. Out of yeah. place, out of whack, whatever term you want to use. I, I wanted to ask, if I can, if I can sneak a question in here. Sure. Uh, that, and this is not scripted, folks, but uh, I want to ask you about something here. You, you mentioned the deep state, and people now are, uh, I think people now are getting it. I, I really think, I mean, thanks to programs like Alex Jones, and I mean, your, your output, um, hopefully our output to some extent. I think some people are really getting at the fact that there's a deep state, that there's a shadow government, there are people pulling strings. What do you make of uh, where we're, the, the, the larger sense of where we're at here? Because I, I, I see, a, here's what I see based on two things. Uh, my contacts in the intelligence, law enforcement, and political. i got three areas, primarily. Um and my own open source analysis or analysis of open source uh, uh, information. What do you what do you make about uh, the pushback against President Donald Trump by Barack Hussein Obama, Valerie Jarrett, and others on the uh, on the football field that, that that are organizing for action? Do do you see a, a rough? Because you mentioned earlier, do, do you see a rough spring? And also, on top of that as well. The kind of a side or uh, equally important question to me is this wiretap issue, wiretap and quote, of course, in quotation marks, uh, with, with Donald Trump, against Donald Trump. Combine this together. Um, I mean, those two issues. I'm just fire away. So I'll start with the final one and then sort of work back here. So as it pertains to this alleged wiretap, right. uh, it seems overly naive to assume that Donald Trump was in no way being surveilled in in any way, shape, or form. Ridiculous. It's an absurd assumption. However, uh, the question is, was it done in such a way as to avoid strict legal scrutiny? Perhaps. People are very clever at navigating those kind of things, like using um, British intelligence, the people who have access to the NSA database, so to speak. Uh, So whether that's true or not, I think it would just be hopelessly naive to say that he wasn't being, uh, that his privacy rights weren't being violated, because it seems like we don't have those anymore, uh, for whatever reason. And we haven't had those for most of my, most of my life, quite frankly. But to, to get back on track, you have to ask yourself the question, were the people who were doing this so sloppy because th- that they would get the, and themselves exposed and remove plausible deniability because they thought Hillary Clinton was going to win? It's possible. It's possible that we could uncover something uh, or, you know, we as in like the collection of citizen journalists who aren't on the take 
could figure something out where someone gets exposed. And it's it's very important for us to keep an eye on uh, what comes out of WikiLeaks and not just the sort of surface level stuff. Because if we'll remember where all of the all of the pedigate materials and the sort of renaissance of uncovering interest in the global pedophilia and sex trafficking um, that's that's going on tragically and horrifically, that came out of subtext that was analyzed in those emails. It wasn't about uh, Hillary Clinton's email server. It was about casual emails being sent with strange terminology. And people found a pattern, and then they uncovered that, and then people started putting dots together, and now we have total censorship and everyone being called uh, lunatics and criminals and all of this. It's 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 extreme. It's an extreme environment in this in a strange scenario. So was Trump being wiretapped? Well, it depends on what you mean by wiretapped, I suppose. But um, this 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 stuff is going on. It's going on now, and it's going on at least in a passive way to all of us. I mean, we're on Skype right now, so we know this is going to the archives. So, you know, wave hello. You guys need Jesus, whoever doesn't, whoever doesn't have him already. So, you know, that's, that's the way to go. In terms of this, you know, this overarching resistance and the tension that we see in our society, it's hard to shake the feeling that we're in between kind of a rock and a hard place and that we could go in either direction. And the scenario here is, goes back to Exodus, right? God is looking for people to give him praise and to give him glory on the near side of the Red Sea. When the armies are approaching through the, sh- uh, the narrow pass and we're staring down a storm and a sea behind us. So we can't get across in our own strength. But if you remember what happened there, there was a pillar of fire that blocked, that blocked the enemy all night. And then the Lord parted the waters. Through his, through his servant Moses, but it was, it was God doing this, whether it was through a very strong easterly wind or just spiritual, <laughs> spiritual power is at least, you know, to me, not consequential, but the waters parted and Israel was saved. So our God is the God of the impossible. And if there's anything that's impossible right now, it seems to be us getting out of this scot-free. And people would make the argument that, well, we don't deserve that. Well, we don't deserve anything short of eternal punishment and torment and separation from the God who we serve because in his grace and his mercy, he made a way for us to be redeemed. And so we can be redeemed if we play our position and at a certain point, we just have to be still and know that he is God and that he can and he will deliver us, whatever that looks like, out of out of whatever circumstance. But it does seem like there's an enemy barreling down on us, and our backs are not against the wall, but against a great chasm. And so how we're going to escape to this other side is is up to God, but we have to have the faith in advance, because God will get the glory. And it really does feel to me like, to, to lend an extra layer to my vague analogy of being between something and something else, it feels like God is moving, and that God is ready to do something. And it... When God does something, it exceeds anything we could ever hope, expect, or even imagine. And so if we're willing to press into the Lord and not to lean on our own understanding and our, on our statements about, well, this is, this needs to go this way. This should happen. You know, if, if we lean on our own understanding, we're always going to be disappointed. But if we lean on the Lord and seek his kingdom and his wisdom, we'll, we'll get through this. And so being, be encouraged. It looks crazy out there. I'm right here in the middle of New York City. It's crazy out there. The reason why it appears that way is because it is in a very, in a very legitimate and real sense. There are things being stirred up that if you sit back and think about them for one moment, it's like, 
why is this happening at all? It's crazy. Why, you know, why do, why do people want to go to war with Russia? Well, there's obvious explanations, but it's incredulous. Like, can we just not do that? You know, why do people want all of these things to happen? Who wants to loot, steal, kill, and destroy? Can we just not do that? Well, not when it's a spiritual darkness that has been allowed to take its position in our land and to a very real extent in our institutions and in our families and even deep into our own hearts because we've turned away from God. Yeah, there's something to that, too. So we're in a perilous situation, but sometimes we go into perilous situations so that God gets the glory for our deliverance and no one else does. And I don't mind that one bit. I say, praise the Lord. Amen to that, and and thank you for that. But by the way, I, I just, uh, uh, Mr. Mecking, go ahead right now, please, before we lose the opportunity or blow by it. Tell people where to find, where people can find you and how people can listen to you, your, your work product. Tell people about, about, uh, about that, please. Sure. Appreciate that, Doug. So you can find us at ontheobjective.org. That's going to be material being produced by myself, by John Robertson, by Pastor Mike Spaulding, who was on last night, by Sergeant Tim of Outlaw Patriot News and a couple of our partners, including, uh, Ross Powell. And so that's our, that's our podcast network. And I also have, uh, my own personal efforts at the Amateur Society, which is, you know, populated there as well. You can find that at amateursociety.wordpress.com. You can search for Amateur Society or On the Objective and we'll pop up on Gab and Steemit and Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Spreaker and iTunes, all, all those kind of outlets. Just, uh, just type that in and, and you'll find it and stay, stay up to date. I mean, we're publishing some really encouraging and wide ranging and content that tries to be practical and address the things that we're dealing with in this in this generation to try and model the authentic Christian life that perhaps is going to be the only Bible that people ever read and the only gospel that people ever hear. So You're on target. I mean, I, I like what you're doing. I, and folks, uh, worth worth every minute of your time to do that. I, I love what you're doing and how you're doing it. I appreciate that, Doug. And, and one extra thing that's been on my heart recently is that you know, I'm, I'm a tutor here in New York. I work mostly with, uh, students of, you know, in high school, middle school, and college, preparing for standardized tests and on math and economics and writing and all sorts of different subjects. And one of the things that has really been impressed upon me is that, you know, people don't have, people can't afford that kind of support and that kind of, that kind of service. And the schools are failing. I mean, there's, that's, that's really the only thing we can say. And so I wanted to reach out to your audience because I still have a couple hours at least in, in my day. And so if you're homeschooling or anything else and you want me to send some materials or just to talk to me about the college admissions process or, or anything else that you're dealing with from an educational uh, side of things from a tutoring side of things just send me send me an email amateur society at gmail.com and we'll we'll set out a time to talk totally free of charge i just want to make sure that people feel like they do have a resource or someone to come to rather than just going on an online forum and typing out like what's the best you know what's the best way to approach this or that because there's so much conflicting information out there that sometimes you just need someone to talk to and i'm here you know it's it's incredible how in this city uh that my clients because of the living God are mostly mostly Christians. It's incredible. 
It's it's incredible in this in this kind of environment. And so I've been incredibly blessed to work with many of our brothers and sisters in Christ, and it's an extremely personal uh, personal mission of mine to try and expand those kind of offerings. Considering going uh, and doing some live streaming uh, for that kind of offering to make sure people can get top notch interactive educational and tutoring assistance for standardized tests or other subjects uh, without paying literally an arm and a leg for it, because education is costly, but it's it's priceless. So you know, I'm I'm trying to be there for people, and so uh, send me an email. I want I want to talk to you. I want to see what can be done, uh, if anything, that I can help you out, or at least point you in the right direction. So th- there's that as well. Stephen, in, in the closing minutes, we got about four minutes or so till the break. Um, I want to get back to some some economic things. The jobs jobs numbers. We know that the unemployment's much higher than than what they say. Um, do you expect? I mean, we saw the, the also the Trump come out and he dismissed previous job reports, and you know said this last one was real. Do you expect the as long as um, things continue to go the way, the way they are with consumer confidence, with um, business confidence, confidence in, in business owners and the stock market, do you expect the actual unemployment rate to drop um, during this time period if things continue to go up? Right. It's a it's a good question. I mean, the the problem with the way that that number itself is calculated is that if people move off of the sidelines because the economy is getting better and they're like actually searching for jobs, like the labor force participation rate will go up, but the unemployment rate would go up along with it because these people would then be counted as part of this you know unemployment rate, which is just totally nonsensical. Um, but apart from that, it's 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 very difficult to predict because these indicators and these numbers are just. Fallacious. I mean, as for the last time I checked, the the jobs numbers, uh, ADP employment or otherwise, are still put out by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and they still include a birth death adjustment. Um, for one, you know, I Peter Schiff has been rather critical of the way that Trump has been communicating about these points because in the campaign he called the stock market a bubble. Now he's taking credit for the price of the Dow and everything else. So it could be a strategic miscalculation, or it could be a an, an extremely clever gambit that pumps up enough confidence into the system so that if something happens, Trump can point to that person and say, well, everything was going fine until such and such happened, which may be a half-truth, but it might be a useful half-truth. It's really difficult to take these things into account because it's no longer just, well, what does the data tell us and what do we see? It's now, what is the data hiding? What does it really represent? And how is it being communicated? Because the subjective perception of what the data means is more important than what the data actually says or where it comes from. And that's in part because people don't uh, people aren't taught statistics in school or they're not taught it well and it's because they don't read past the headlines much and so you get uh, you get a headline and that's pretty much it you, you know maybe you retweet it or tweet it and you know it's happened it's happened to me before I, I do it every once in a while not reading every word of every article that comes across my plate but that's kind of the way that it is so I would expect Trump to continue taking credit for successes in order to try and build as much political capital as he can, whether it's whether it's valid or not, and so you know he's being a little bit inconsistent. But you know, at the at the end of the day, the question is what's really coming down the road, and will that sort of overcome and sort of envelop all of the rest of this to the point where everything that we're worried about right now in the minutia just becomes white noise? And I think that's entirely possible that we could hit this this singularity point, not just in the uh, the technocracy and the futurism kind of sense, but in the just general life kind of sense, economics and geopolitics and the otherwise, there's usually like a flashpoint that is 
been coming for a long time, but then after it, there's no, there's no going back. And so I don't think it's going to be, you know, the jobs numbers or anything quite so, uh, quite so contrived, quite so contrived as that. I mean, I'd look to later on this month when, uh, the Article 50 for the Brexit might be triggered. We had Gert Wilders in the Netherlands, uh, not pull off. Yeah. Well, at least according to exit polls, uh, looked like he underperformed in terms of, you know, representing nationalism and being yeah, against the immigration policies. Yeah. So it's, it's, a it's it's an extraordinarily complex scenario. I would keep your eye out for material on the debt ceiling just because the silence has indicated that there's there's something else. So keep your eye on that. Watch um watch the precious metals prices. You might get a, an earlier tip of the hat from Bitcoin just because it's harder to manipulate that market. But what I tell people is that you can't invest in something that you don't understand or don't believe in <laughs> because you're not going to be able to you're not going to be able to hold it. You're going to get flushed out. I had a conversation earlier today with um, with someone who had been invested in precious metals and has seen those go down a little bit while the Dow keeps on going up and is experiencing this like what the British would call it. He's gutted. Is like just oh, it's this this incredible angst. And so the idea is, if you believe in the thesis, then you're going to be able to hold through that emotional pain of looking at paper prices. It doesn't matter that you know that they're manipulated. When you see a loss on your investment, it hurts. It stings. It's right in the pocketbook, even though you haven't actualized those losses by by selling. So you know, just hang in there. Don't capitulate. The thesis of the monetary system being on its last legs is still there. How long they last, only God knows. Uh, Stephen Manking, thank you so very much. You know, I'd like to uh, do one of these times uh, uh, just a segment with you uh, or two or three or a couple of hours or half a day, I don't know, uh, during the day, record it and just put it up sometime. Hopefully you can you can do that because you're just, the information is so great. Um, Stephen Manking, thank you. Thanks. God bless you guys. God bless you. Have a great evening. Same to you. When we come back, we will be joined by Michael Terrell from Whole Tones. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these short messages. Stay with us. Just what kind of thriller predicts the future? In three days in the belly of the beast, Daniel Holdings wrote about the God Particle before CERN actually discovered the God Particle. In As the Darkness Falls, Daniel wrote about an Islamist terrorist confederacy that rose up out of Syria and declared a caliphate three years before ISIS was ever heard of. In his newest novel, Between the Veil, Daniel talks about a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the creator to his creation. Will war come to America? Will the world's economies collapse? Are we looking at increased earthquakes and volcanic activity? Will the United States fall into civil war? You can find all of Daniel's work at his website, DanielHoldings.com. That's DanielHoldings.com. All of these things and more are talked about in Daniel's books. To find out what's coming next, go to DanielHoldings.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest-yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high-net-worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. 
Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. For more information, qualified accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com or phone 855-888-6288. That's 855-888-6288. This announcement does not constitute an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offer made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 or visit ProfitsInCoconuts.com. ProfitsInCoconuts.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. me off when he said surfs up yeah, yeah really really folks welcome to the hagman hagman report this edition of the hagman hagman report so glad that you're joining us thank you so much for your belief and your trust in us as we walk through the this fog of disinformation misinformation what's true what's not true how are, are you stressed i mean you know you can we get any more stressed or can we get any more motivated or can we get any more tired oh are you tired out there uh, is your mind kind of like overtaxed sometimes? You know, let me start out by saying this because I, 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 with such, um, first of all, uh, I probably should mention HagmanReport.com. That's our home base. Folks, uh, HomelandSecurityUS.com. Go there. There's a press release there I, I put up today. I did correct the date, by the way, during the break. Um, thank you so much for, uh, whoever. The, the year. I, I don't know what year it is, you know, apparently. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, that, that is associated with the conference that we're going to be attending with, uh, Pastor Paul Begley and Russ Dizdar in Gurney, Illinois, just north of Chicago, actually between Chicago and Kenosha, Chicago, Illinois, and Kenosha, Wisconsin. But, uh, do read that. Uh, and that'll be linked off of Hagman Report, uh, dot com as well but you know folks music and i love this because it's one of life's greatest pleasures it's got tremendous power doesn't it the power to bring a tear to your eye uh the emotion the the, the, the quiet erasing mind music it has also the power to heal i believe this truly believe it's got the power to heal and it's been used through the ages to treat depression create energy induce sleep relieve chronic pain actually my doctor actually said you know it, it could be he's a very big fan 
of uh of music to treat chronic pain and illness but but reduce stress and even cure diseases and now we have with us musician author michael terrell who's created the whole tones the healing frequency music projects these work i am so proud we are so proud to be a part of his so proud to be able to speak with him about his music projects. And, you know, these frequencies were studied in the music of King David and believed to have astounding healing effects. Now you can benefit from this from this revitalized ancient healing music therapy simply by listening daily to this music in the comfort of your own home. Lady, the studio dog, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. She, she will watch television, but she also listens to music. And I, I'm... I'm not kidding, and you can even ask Joe. She's very responsive to the music, uh, you know. So, um, and it's a new year, folks. Uh, my goodness, uh, it's well into a new year. So, reward yourself with a gift of healing and transformation. But it's our ple- it's our distinct pleasure to bring on Michael Terrell from Holtonslive dot com. That's Holtonslive dot com. Mister Terrell, thank you so much for joining us. Boy, it's an honor to be with you guys. I, I love it. Every time I'm with you, it's exciting. Oh, you know what? I just, I, I, I love this subject because I, I just, I, I do. It, it's interesting. And today, you know, we, uh, we're putting in 18, 18 hours, 20 hours a day. Our tech is, is you know, putting in that time. And we have, we have your music in the studio playing almost 24 seven whenever we're here. And it does make a difference. But uh, I'm honored. I'm honored, guys. I, I wish well, I would have known that you had um, crossed over to the high-tech world of being live video. I would have been able to see your smiling face, and you could have seen mine. But next time, for sure. <laughs> well, we, we, you know, we, we've got your graphics, okay? Um, okay. And, and uh, <laughs> what, what I'll do is we'll send you the link to this video because uh, uh, you, you got to see your digs. And, and next time, yeah, come on and uh, come on w- with us. But uh, but uh, seriously. Um, uh, we're just so glad to have you. You, you. Where do you want to start? Because there's just so much. Uh, you, well, a lot's happened great... since our last conversation. We have a new president. We have a, uh, as obviously as I was listening to the guest before you that I really, really enjoyed, by the way, um, Stephen Menking. Um, yes. You know, we have to temper all of this information because um, we we sometimes domesticate Jesus. We sometimes put Jesus into our our human bandwidth by mistake, obviously. And while he was speaking and saying some wonderful things, I was thinking about um, the underdogs and how how it's the genius of God to always exalt those that humble themselves. And I found it fascinating that you think about Moses and then you think about him defeating Pharaoh in Egypt and then David defeating Goliath and, and a sunken iron axe head floating to the top of a river because a prophet threw a stick in there. You know, just the fact that Donald Trump became our president should awaken a lot of people to the fact that God is on the throne and, and he is the absolute power. And as long as we keep putting him where he belongs and we're happy with our humanity, um, things are going to be okay. I mean, obviously, there's so much tumult and craziness, but after a year and a half plus 
of campaigning election, you know, people are absolutely. Last time we spoke, you know, it was kind of a, it was kind of a tumultuous um, real estate because of some things that had happened on a previous show and just all the stuff that was going on. But there has to be a point in time where. We realize that, you know, I mean, my job, if I, if I have a job, is to bring peace and to bring sanity. And I don't think there's ever been a time in history um, where that's needed more globally, and especially in our own country right now, is just the ability to be able to take a deep breath and to be able to find ourselves centered again and to be able to focus on what's really, really important. You know, it was funny because it was during the uh, post inaugural uh, I want to say unrest I got an email from from a listener who said you know why don't you tell the police department and I, and I can't remember which city that this person was emailing me from or referencing to just play whole tones um, <laughs> you know, over the loudspeaker to, well, to quell the un- un- unrest and I, I can't thought, believe wow, you're you know, saying this really no, yeah, I'm because that's, that's where I wanted to start tonight. This just, oh my gosh, so okay. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, and by the way, none of this is scripted, but, but I, I'm really serious about that. I, I, in fact, I'll find the email and send it to you because I thought, you know, <laughs> wow, uh, because of all the, I mean, music can certainly change. Frequencies do change. I run with that. Go ahead. I'm going to show Absolutely. Up. Well, I mean, uh, even when I was a kid, I remember the maxim, you know, that uh, music can soothe the savage beast. And what we've seen just in Chicago alone over, over the last three years, just absolute brutality murder. I have to actually be there uh, Monday. I'm on a television show, a morning show in Chicago on Monday. But um, the point is, guys, is that... You know, with this new administration, one of the things that I'm excited about, not to mention I'm probably 25 minutes away from Merlago, which is kind of exciting, you know, when he's coming in town, it's always a big deal. But um, the fact that we have, it's just not, it's not politics as usual. We have a guy that's very brilliant with a very open, with a very open mind. And um, I won't mention the names, but a couple people that are, are very close to him are big whole tones folks, and you probably know who they are. Um, but at any rate, one, one day, I was thinking, wait a minute, I know a way how we could save the taxpayers money. In fact, it wouldn't cost them a nickel. I know how we could save the government money. It wouldn't cost them a nickel. And just try something. Because now, you know, we're in 84 nations now, and we're seeing, I mean, every morning, I, it's just like I told you the first time we spoke, every morning I get Kleenex and coffee, and, and I, I read that day's testimonies from around the world and every morning it just rips me up because God's at work and he's moving and he's using music and he's using the least of these and so I thought wouldn't it be something if we could utilize the emergency broadcasting system speakers in all the downtown major cities and public transit and I could go on and on but I won't but and start with just some of the most um, polarized places Chicago came to mind right away not that I don't love Chicago but they're having a real problem with violence um, and what would happen if if we just played whole tones, but specifically a couple of the frequencies, six, uh, 639, for example, called the bridge, that we've seen time and time and time again, even in a classroom setting with children, just absolutely bring peace. Wouldn't it be something to see if there was actually a palpable change in, in uh, armed robberies or murders in, in, a, in, a, in a city that's notorious for them over a certain amount of period by simply adding music? 
I just thought that would be fascinating. So when you mentioned that lady, I was thinking, yeah, I think this is this whole idea is catching some wind. And I, I've been really believing in my heart there would be a time when I'd be able to meet with the president or at least the vice president, Mike Pence, and and um, and maybe Ben Carson because actually he would probably be the one that would have to be more involved in in the actual nuts and bolts of it. But I mean, it's such a simple win-win. It's just a matter of of infiltrating certain parts of you know public transit buses, for example, and interspersing some of the frequency music and uh, healing music uh, and in the downtown areas. And as you guys know, it doesn't have to be at a high decibel, a very low decibel level. It would be almost not not subliminal, but almost subliminal. It would be just fascinating to find out if that could bring some good. Yeah, exactly. Now, now the the detractors might might argue, well, you're programming people, right? And I've heard this before. And now, how do you respond to that? That's really, really good because you know, if you're using some sort of subversive. Um, Modality, like for example, backwards masking, or or if you're putting subliminal messages underneath some type of you know of some type of music, that's one thing. But if you're playing something that's just good for people on a cellular level, it's, you know, same thing. It's really funny how how sometimes, and we're seeing this like night and day. Somebody finally does something good. Somebody actually works. We have a president that actually works, and everybody's got something negative to say. I remember when U2 gave away uh, their last album on iTunes, you you would think, wow, that's really cool. You cannot believe how many people threatened to sue them, take it out of my iTunes, I don't want that music. People got mad at someone doing good. So you're always going to have the detractors, the haters, the naysayers that say, well, that's manipulation, and that's... But here's the thing. We wouldn't be the first country that's done this. And, and it goes deeper. As you know, I have a, you know, one of my projects is called, uh, Chroma and it's a light uh, and sound component combined. Well, in, in some countries, Iceland, for example, in some of the downtown areas where they were having issues, they started changing the street lights to blue at night. And the crime went down like 15%. It was just like, man, people, you know, we have to realize that that certain thing. I mean, that's why people paint certain rooms in their house a certain color, because, you know, you obviously want a tranquil color in your bedroom. You don't want bright orange or red. You know, you, you put a tranquil color in your room because that's mostly where you're going to be sleeping. And so if you have a downtown, you know, city and, and they have, you know, palpable Violence, and you were able to do something as benign as change a street lamp from amber or white to blue, and it made a difference. Why wouldn't you want to? Exactly. No, you're exactly correct. And what we're talking about, and just to be clear, because invariably we'll get emails saying, well, man, this sounds a lot like Eastern mysticism, you know, or, or the, mm-hmm. no, I mean, we're talking about gifts from God. God has given us the gift of, of frequency of music. Uh, I'm not, I'm not talking about headbanging rap, you know. The, 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 <laughs> no, but, 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 but you're, you're right on target with this. Uh, and this is biblically sound. Well, the, the great explanation, I mean, the one thing that was really awesome and, you know, and, and you, and you hope and pray that timing is everything, but, you know, being a pastor for many years and then, and, and having the church, um, have a great understanding of frequency, much more than I had. If we spoke about this before, too. At first, I thought, oh, my, when I put this out, they're probably going to think that I, I fell off the truck. And, you know, much to my chagrin, just the opposite. I mean, fantastic support from believers because they understand. Um, when you get to the place where you understand how God creates, Genesis is, is the definitive, right? 
it was light and sound right off the bat. <laughs> and um, the one thing that touched me very deeply, I told you years ago, was um, uh, when I was doing some research, I found out, you know, they said, uh, the scientists said there's only one natural uh, phenomena that, that fills the sonic spectrum of sound, and it was called Niagara Falls. And they measured it with a parabolic microphone at the base, and it actually filled up all of the frequencies uh, with the sounds of the waters. And then in Psalm 93.4, it says, more than the sounds of many waters. <laughs> I love that. The mighty breakers of the sea, the Lord on, on high is mighty. And then in Ezekiel 43.2, it says, and behold, the glory of the Lord of Israel was coming from the way of the east, and his voice was like that of the sound of many waters, and the earth shone with his glory. The sound and light, you know, show and tell. Just the very first thing we learn when we're kids. It's like, I'm not just telling you, I'm showing you. And that's the essence. That's the genius of Genesis of how of how things are created. And I think that um, one of the sad things, we spoke of this uh, before too, is that people are always looking. You know, I find if people talk less about demons and that which is evil and focus more on the Holy Spirit, their lives are beautiful. They're just, I mean, the Bible says yeah. what that we're supposed to look at him and we will be radiant. He didn't say look at other things. He said, look at him and you will be radiant. You will radiate. You'll you'll reflect me, and I think that that's one of the the important elements that we need to remember, especially when we're talking about sound. Is that you know from the if, if you look in the Bible, there's like over 57 references to sounds of different kinds. Um, you know whether it be the wings of angels or or many waters or the sound of the roar of the many of, of the heavy showers or the sound of the wind that Elijah spoke about when he was standing in front of a cave. I mean we're inundated with that and. I think that a lot of times we're so busy looking for what's wrong with something that we miss the beauty um, of why it was created. I remember years ago um, when I was uh, came on staff at a church. Uh, it was a, originally a church of uh, Church of Christ. And they didn't believe you should have any musical instruments in the church. And then Amy Grant uh, was allowed to come in and play one song during the offertory and the place just went bats i mean it blew up and then from then on they they decided that maybe they shouldn't be a church of christ anymore and they they changed to more of a non-denominational setting and the musicians started coming in and playing and it was uh it was a a, a bit of a phenomena of how you know we went from thinking that one thing is demonic to learning its source and i said that for one simple reason let's just use drums you know for years depending on what what um, denomination you are you either think that drums are really nice or you think that they're demonic or you think they're evil or they're good or whatever the bottom line is drums had such a simple and 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 honest beginning and the beginning was this it, you know primordial man early man all they heard was thunder right wind and so if they heard thunder like all of us if god speaks and they assumed that his voice was thunder they wanted to respond it's natural it's natural for man to want to respond to his creator and so they killed an animal and stretched the skin across a hoop and started beating on it so they could talk to the thunder because they thought the thunder was god but we've turned it into something that's a lot more sinister and macabre when it was actually something really it was supposed to be communication 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 prayer communication. conversation there you go. <laughs> right. and it's it's that simple you know wow uh, folks, our, our guest is Michael Terrell, Holtoneslive.com. That's Holtoneslive.com. You know, go to his website right now and, uh, 
ten dollars off. There's a coupon code there. Um, when spending ninety nine dollars or more, promo code whole ten. Please do that. Take advantage of this. You don't know what you're missing, ladies and gentlemen. I, I stand behind this this product. I'm a believer in this product, and later the studio dog is as well, and and we all are here in the studio. But no, you're exactly right. I mean, it, it, it's you mentioned drums. I mean, it, it it's just that simple. Go ahead, continue. Um, this is fascinating. Sure. Well, what what I found really fascinating was looking back into history, you know, and and we do that. We have to do that often. It's even with our new administration or even with all of these, you know, purport, you know, I I get myself in trouble sometimes because I'm opinionated like you, but but at least I stand for something and I believe what I stand for and 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 I'm willing to let the chips fall where they may. But I thought it was fascinating today that that Trump is is getting rid of all the verbiage that's called um climate change from the EPA uh Website, which I found fascinating, but uh, the the point is you have to look backwards sometimes to see forwards. We have many, 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 many uh, scriptures that talk about you know they find out the find the ancient path, find where the good way is. It wasn't the forward; it was the aft. Go backwards and find it, and because you made a wrong turn in Albuquerque. So when you when you look at things, sometimes it's good to look at the past and before. Um, this lunatic fringe, if you will, became so popular because of lobbyists and because of special interest groups. But I looked backwards a little um, to uh, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, and this statement was just, it just pinned me. He said, the wonders of the music of the future will be of a higher and wider scale and will introduce many sounds that the human ear is now incapable of hearing. And among these new sounds will be the glorious music of angelic choruses. As men hear these, they will cease to consider angels as figments of their own imagination. Mozart, 1756 through 1791. And I think that part and partial we forget about um, some of the elements that are really, really, really important. I mean, you can think back um, in your life, like maybe when you were in high school or at some time, or or any really important time in your life, and somewhere, somehow, there's there's a piece of music that's connected to your memory. And I think that 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 um, is super important for uh, where we're all going in the future. Is that there are certain things that we connect to that um, that have a timestamp. And um, I mean, for me, I can remember looking looking at certain things, and because our life really, it's kind of like a sound. It's like a soundtrack, isn't it? It's almost like very much, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, and, and whether it be, um, and and it changes with your experience. For example, before I was a Christian. Um, None of the songs that I remember that have moved me over the last 20 some odd years that were or worship songs would have been relevant to me because that's not where I was at. So you can kind of find where you are by what you listen to. And I, I think that, you know, we've, we've talked about, um, the history of whole tones in the past. We've talked about, um, uh, where it came from. We've talked about some of the sinister and positive sides of frequency. And, um, but one thing that I haven't mentioned is, something provocative and wonderful that happened to me since the last time that we spoke, I went back into the studio again. And um, I went back in August in, in Dallas. And um, it's really funny, like you guys, you don't, you don't do what you do because people tell you what 
they what they want. You do what you do because you feel inspired by God to to have a. You're a messenger. You have a message, and so you share your message, and then your audience adjusts themselves. And what's funny is every time I've been on the air with you, people I haven't spoke to for years all of a sudden found me on your show. I mean, one of my high school friends that used to play bass in one of my bands found me last time I was on your show. <laughs> I talked to him since '79, you know, and it was just like wow. But but my point is is that. Um, I went back into the recording studio and, you know, and we get tons of surveys from around the world and, you know, we really think you should do this and we think you should do that. And even though I listen, ultimately, I only care about um, about two things is what is God saying and what is God doing? And I, I need to say what he's saying and I need to do what he's doing. That worked for Jesus, that will work for me. That's what I need to do. I don't need to, to pick something and say, God, will you bless this? I need to say, what would you have me do? And if I do it, then it's already blessed. And so um, I felt like I was supposed to make another spontaneous project that didn't have any drums. And I didn't know why, but wow, I know why now. Um, The project is called Life, Love, and Lullabies, and it's three hours of music. And um, it kind of came on the heels of my brand-new niece and I don't mind telling you a personal story. My my wife's brother... um, and her best friend got married, and she was never supposed to be able to have children. And it was his desire, Alex's desire, to always have children. And uh, to make a very long story short, you know, she's a nurse, and the you know the doctors told her all of the things that we always hear. You know, you you have a haunted womb, you can't possibly bear a child. You know, you you have fibroids, and you have all this. There's a child would choke to death. There's nowhere. There's nothing in the birth canal that would be habitable, and all, just this litany. And 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 she used to work um, counseling women that were considering abortion. I mean, she wanted a child worse than anybody, but she was told she'd never have one. Make a long story short, they got pregnant right away (laughs) and uh and when i tell you that my niece is the most beautiful creature on earth i'm not even slightly exaggerating her name is is gabriella and she's actually on the lullaby um cover of the third disc cover and i wrote a song for her um that's called gabriella and what was so amazing to me was the first time we ever met she had already come into the world listening to whole tones in the in the hospital and um when we went to go see her there was a doctor and a couple nurses and other people there and melena um her mother said these people won't leave this room because they love the music and the, the one nurse looked at me doug and joe and she said michael your music should be the soundtrack for the entrance and the exit of every human life and I was just, wow. I couldn't even, t- I couldn't talk. It was like, I said, can I use that? It was the most epic statement I think it is, I ever heard roll off somebody's tongue. She said, no, really, it should be in every hospital and every hospice. It should be when, when they enter and when they exit. This is, we don't even want to leave the room. And so she came into the world listening to this music. And when she finally, I mean, it's, it's, it's not for any other reason other than somehow she, she knows me, but this little baby loves me so much. And when I wrote, um, <laughs> when I wrote this song, the first time she heard it, you know, you know how kids are, and people have all kinds of explanations, you know, for why they are the way they are. And but there's times when you're communicating with one, and they'll just blatantly look in one corner of the room and start cooing and laughing and pointing. And I say, man, they're seeing stuff we do, we can't see anymore. And uh, and that happened when I played her her song for the very first time. So um, isn't that great? This music has a little, it's for the child in all of us, guys. It's, um, 
it's it's broken into three parts life love and lullabies but there's actually um their traditional lullabies and then two of them i wrote um as well but what we loved and we didn't expect is that um it works in a whole nother way. And for example, when I was working, well, I had fit- uh, Mr. Tone, uh, if you can just hold that thought, we're up against a network break. Oh, sure. Three minutes. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Three minutes and, uh, we'll be back in three minutes. But, uh, what a fascinating, heartwarming and, uh, I mean, I love stories like this because everyone I've talked to about, if I specifically talk about whole tones, by the way, uh, everyone has. Everyone seems to have a story about those about, about whole tones. It's true, and and even we have stories to, to share as well, folks. You're listening to, to Michael Terrell. He's the the man behind Whole Tones. WholeTonesLive.com. We're right back. Stay right where you're at. Give us three minutes, and we'll see you on the other side. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Uh, masterpreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you could possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Eric's. Uh, it's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family. Masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? New Year from all of us at Training Post in the Woods. We pray you have a healthy, safe, and prosperous 2017. And we would like to thank all of you for welcoming us to the Hagman and Hagman family. You're all a very wonderful and special group of people. Because we believe it is so important for you to work and acquire good health this year, we're going to do something that we've never done before as a thank you to you for your support. We're going to make something available that we believe everyone needs. During the month of January, anyone who invests in their health by purchasing either our American Heritage Remedies Kit, our Survivalist Natural Remedies Kit, or $200 in individual remedies of your choice, we're going to give to you our crisis remedy just in case for free. Your health must be a part of your preparation plan. We're here to help you with that journey. May God bless y'all, and may God bless America. Happy Happy New Year! This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. 
means you can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. Talking with Michael Terrell from Whole Tones, that is WholeTonesLive.com. Um, visit their website and take advantage of the the coupon that they have there. Is there a coupon code? Yeah, it's uh, yes, it is. If you look, if you go to WholeTonesLive.com and do this, folks, please take advantage of this. This is a great deal. Whole W H O L E. 10, the number 10, whole 10. It's right there on the, on the website. Um, but, but please take advantage of this. And you know what? When you go to wholetoneslive.com, take a look at some of the testimonials. I think you're going to be very impressed yeah. as well as, oh, you, you know, uh, Mr. Joe, you were, you were kind enough to, to kind of share, well, to share the, um, very personal story. Go ahead and continue. We kind of interrupted you. Oh, that's okay. Um, I was just saying that during the the recording, every time there's been something that happened that was either just, I mean, always amazing, but some of them are really humorous. And so after I had recorded um, the last tracks of Life, Love, and Lullabies, the musicians had went home. It was only myself and and my friend Brad Knight that also co-produces and, and does the engineering with me. And we were starting to do the mix down. And for your listeners, that's the part where you have all the music, but now you've got to make it everything the right level and make it sound beautiful and perfect and so we were in that mode of mixing down and I only drink one or two cups of coffee a day max and I'd already had four and I could not hold my head up and neither could <laughs> neither could Brad and we keep looking at each other like what is wrong with us today and so we ran up and got an iced coffee which is the first time I ever had one and and uh, and we're just falling asleep and then all of a sudden I looked at him and I just got hysterical and I said we're falling asleep because we're mixing lullabies this stuff really works <laughs> so that was it I mean we were working on it we weren't just recording it now we were listening back and it was just knocking us out and so again I didn't you know, I, the first whole tones, obviously, guys, I didn't create um, for specifics. Like, you know, like people say, well, it helps me sleep, but then the drums come in. Well, <laughs> that's music. But, um, you know, I didn't plan that as a sleep project, nor did, did I with this one. But i got to be honest with you, in the genius of God, I don't think there's been a time in American history for sure where Americans are more sleep-deprived and are so stressed out, man, and are... Uh, I think that this is the biggest blessing that God ever could have given to me to give to to them is 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 the gift of sleep. I mean, it's just been so phenomenal to see the testimonies. We did a we did a pre-launch and we sent this out to a hundred different people that had already experienced whole tones before. And when we called the information, it was just shocking at how many of them said, "Man, I put the music on and I was out." And so we actually had a saying at the shop the other day that that uh they call this the um the the one song that no one ever heard the end to because <laughs> they're about 30 minutes each and if you get past 5 minutes you're doing pretty good because it's so peaceful and um you know at first i was thinking well you know 
that's kind of not what some musicians are interested in is making music that makes people fall asleep until I realized the number of people on Ambien, Lunesta, or have to take natural preparations every single night just to be able to sleep four or five hours anymore. And I think a lot of that has to do with our culture and a lot of it has to do with um, being oversatiated and you know, I don't think it's normal. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but when we were little, we're pretty, some of us are close to the same age here. When, when I was little, I didn't spend my time on the clock tick of social media or watching television to find out what Khrushchev was going to do. I was out playing ball. I was out getting dirty. I was oh, yeah. out fishing. I mean, the only way I ever came in is if the bell rang and it was time mom was calling us in for dinner. Today, kids are inside. They're not getting vitamin D. Um, everybody's stressed out because they're watching this whole Washington thing unfold, uh, you know, at the clock tick, and anything that has, it's like watching the longest uh, tied baseball game in the world, and if anything happens, <gasps> and that's not good for you. It's you not good yeah, for you. you. Exactly, and, and pe- you know, people today are news junkies, and, and it, 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 pain, <laughs> it, it really, it pains me to see people uh, who are really on social media all of the time. And it's it, it, no, you're, you're exactly right. And we we grew up in similar times. I mean, I grew, yeah, uh, you know. So I, I look, I never. There were no video games when I was a kid. There were three channels on on television, maybe four. Um, the, the third, fourth being fuzzy, um, and being <laughs> rabbit ears. But but you're out, you're outside playing. Um, but I, I want to share a story with you, and and awesome. this is this is a piece of my heart, if you don't mind. Um, and uh, many of our listeners know that uh, my, my father-in-law, my wife's father's got uh, dementia, Alzheimer's mm. dementia. Mm. And, uh, you know, um, well, we, he's, uh, he's, decli- he's declined rapidly or declined over the years. I shouldn't say rapidly, but, but uh, one thing I did, and this is a couple of months ago now, um my sister in law is actually his caretaker and uh she has been playing whole tones and and he, uh, he, he about six months ago he began he was suffering from anxiety attacks mm. and mm. you know we, that that stage in the alzheimer's when when you, when uh, when it's it's just horrendous to watch uh and to see people go through this and in fact the first time it happened he was taken to the hospital. And after that, of course, you know, everyone got, kind of got, okay, we understand what's going on here. But he has not had any episodes since Holton's. Now, it's barely, you can just, I mean, it's playing in the background for him. Mm. He's, you know, he's mobile. He's, he's, uh, uh, he can walk around and such. And, uh, it's just, his mind is just not there the way, the way it used to be. But he responds to, uh, to, to the music, and and I'm all about solutions. We can talk about problems all day long. Sure, but but this is to me is a solution. So if you've got a parent, a grandparent, a, a friend, or whatever, um, you know. So I don't know specifically how you, as as the creator of this, would explain that, but it works. That's all I've got to say. That's my sure. Concern. Well, I mean, first of all, um. Some of it, I'm learning just like you are by subtraction. You know, for example, with with the dog component, I had no idea. I mean, I should have thought. You know, I should, it was like kind of when I should have had a V8. I should have thought that it would work with plants and animals, but I didn't think about that. I was just more concerned about people. And um, so the first, you know, couple hundred 
dog cat testimonies that came in, I was just sitting there and scratching my head till we got our new rescue dog, Ziva. And she was petrified of fireworks and uh, loud noises, thunder, um, and had some separation anxiety when we left because she was a rescue. And so one day we just left whole tones on in the house and we left and when we got back she was still laying in a, in a ball and was just not like freaking out when we got home but just came up to us and licked our fingers so then we thought well maybe that's a coincidence until the 4th of July and she didn't budge off her bed and bombs are going off everywhere and I thought oh my goodness Lord come on everything that has breath really and then um, one of our uh, my publisher Joe Barton's sons decided that he'd try and experiment at the local um, SPCA pound and he took whole tones on a recorder and every time you go to this SPCA and you open the door it's just this cacophony of loud dog noises and bedlam you know <laughs> chaos and and so he opened the door and he stuck the player in and then walked in and it was dead silence and just happened that the one of the regional managers of the SPCA happened to be in town and said what did you just do and he said, yeah, it works, doesn't it? Let's try it again. He went outside, opened the door without it playing, and the dogs went bonkers, of course. And then he did the same thing. He turned it on outside and just stuck it in the door and then walked in dead silence. And I thought, oh, my gosh, how does this how does this work? And then, you know, the same thing with people. My, my wife's father struggles uh, with a little bit of dementia, you know, and he was having some of the issues. We were able to get him off statins, which did help. But by and large, the same thing, you know, suddenly you don't, they don't know where they are. They don't remember, they remember being born and they remember what they did their whole life, but they can't remember what they did five minutes ago. And it's, it's super, super hard on you and super, super hard on her and me, of course. And, um, so I just gave them whole tones because they're my folks. I didn't realize mom was going to play it at the house every day. And the same thing, his sense of humor is back. He's funny when we go out. He's pretty darn sharp again. I mean, he's remembering things, and he can carry on a straight-on conversation. Before, he was like, he would say the same thing like five times in a row. Oh, and, yes. And and you yes. and every time I would still have my surprise face on, Dad, that's awesome, really? And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I hope he doesn't yeah. say that again. But but now he doesn't do that anymore. And so, you know, I'm not one of those claim maker guys. You know, I'm just a blessed son of God, man. And, and God trusts me with something special. And a lot of people are saying, well, you know, can you do this? Or can you tell me what? The, I can't tell people stuff. I can't, I'm, I can't prescribe. I'm not a doctor. I can just tell you that after you've looked through the tens, of 20s, of 30s, of thousands of testimonials that we didn't ask for, by the way. These were submitted to us from 84 different nations because people wanted to tell us that whole tones made a massive difference in their life. And some of them are, they're so unbelievable. Like I said, I just cry in the morning, but to see dogs and to see people calling me that raise orchids and say, by you know, they put the speakers by the window where their orchids are and their orchids are gigantic and growing like weeds and it just makes me laugh because God's so awesome that he can he can do anything he wants with his voice. You know, you I know, mean, he can. I, I, yeah, right. I gotta check to see if that works on our plants because I, I don't know. I've never, I haven't paid attention, but. Yeah, well, you okay. know, I raise butterflies. I raise monarch butterflies, and uh, we we moved since I talked to you last. No, no, we just moved in when I talked to you last time. Before I talked to you from the old house, but I had a huge butterfly garden, and it wouldn't stop growing. I mean, I had like giant milkweeds that were two stories high. No exaggeration. I was out cutting them every three weeks, and it was where my speakers were. 
And so after a while, I put two together. <laughs> the plants around the window are growing like to the second story of my house. And so there's actually a couple companies now that make um, health and wellness supplements, herbal supplements, and they're using yep. uh, Chroma in their indoor growing facilities, and it works wonders. So Interesting. Interesting. Very. Well, well, well now, getting kind of going back, um, you're if you and I don't know how much if if at all you want to talk about this lights. Uh, you, you mentioned lights before. You're working on a project with lights, or we already have it out, Doug. It's called Chroma. Why don't and, I know um, that? Why don't I know uh, that? Why did I, I don't know, know? But it is. Shame I mean, it's you. no, not shame. Shame off you. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. Um, it, it's that. it's one of those products that. Um, that I think was a hair ahead of its time, but basically, as you know, frequency is frequency. We've talked about that ad nauseum, but light is also frequency, but people don't realize that. There's just the harmonics past the audio realm when you start getting into the, into the, the light or the aural realm. And so I thought, wouldn't it be awesome if we could take the music and do a super high-res version on a Blu-ray disc and then add the appropriate lights to the sound and so on Blu-ray it, the, the package comes with a Blu-ray disc or DVD it has both because some people don't have a Blu-ray player you know but what you're going to see is it turns your whole um, your whole living room or wherever your television is your largest screen TV uh, into basically a chromotherapy spa you sit on the couch and this amazing music comes but then this the light and it's not just light like you're thinking like a flashing light or anything like they're actually images but they're in the exact harmonics of the light that of, of the audio that you're listening to. It's amazing, and so a lot of people have been using that indoors to to grow like Mycobacterium, you know, mushrooms or yeah. um, or herbs. It's wow. crazy. Okay, that, that, that's amazing. Do you have that in Betamax or? Never, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> if you don't have one, though, I'll make sure that they send you you guys a copy because you'll get a charge out of it. No pun intended. Wow. Uh, and, and, and uh, I love this because, uh, and again, you know, the high stress positions, and, and I and I talk, you know, uh, I talk with a lot of, and so does Joe. We we talk with a lot of law enforcement officers. We talk mm-hmm. with a lot of uh, people in very high stress positions, and uh, there, no one wants to turn to the bottle, obviously, you know, as as a cop, and if if they're and they're certainly not going to turn to any drugs because of their jobs. So this this is a perfect fit. So if you're listening out there and you're a police officer, or you're you're working for the you know in a position of authority, this is this is key. This is this is great. And I and I can tell you. And I got I got to share this too, uh, lady, the studio dog. Just uh, uh, I, uh, she's the first dog I've ever. Had or whoever whoever owned me, who uh, watches television and, and she loves to watch television and she'll watch sit and I like I'll have the news channel on in the office. I bring her to the office every day and she lays on the on her bed and she'll watch television. Um, and she'll wait for a dog commercial to come on and when the dog commercial comes on, she kind of barks and stuff. However, I, I when and I do this as well in my office. We have whole tones on. She sleeps so soundly, and I can watch her go through the REM cycles. You know, uh-huh. it's so it, it's it's amazing to see when she's watching TV and she's laying there. It looks like she's sleeping, not sleeping. 
the whole tones comes on on the on the proper frequencies. You can see her go through the the REM cycles, and it's so it, gets, it works. It, it's amazing. So that's my story too. But, that's I mean okay. So now you can see why I'm happy most of the time. Besides the fact that 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 I I know who I belong to in this crazy world. I know I know the lighthouse. But besides that, I get to listen to stories like that every day. At least ten at ten in the morning. At least they start coming in from all over the place, and I get to read about this music that that God had me create to help people and, and, and hear their stories. It's mind-boggling. It really, really is. Yeah, your, your, your music is in, you said, 80-some countries? I mean, 84 it's, it's nations is what they told me nations. at the publishing company. I, I trust <sighs> them. Okay. Well, yes. Yeah. Um, and when you get paid in euros and stuff, but I'm, I'm, yeah. Uh, what's the greatest from outside? Do you have any anything to share, like from other countries or anything? I'm just curious because music is like the is the universal language, obviously. Um, it it is. Usually, I have. Um Usually I have a whole bunch of them. Let me see if I've got anything, because this is as usual. Yeah, I do. It's so funny. I, I love doing uh, shows with you guys, because it's impromptu, but it's always like bombs. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I do. I got some here. This is awesome. See, yeah, and you can, folks, you can tell this is not scripted. And, and you can tell I'm genuinely genuinely excited, because, and I'll, I'll throw this one, this other thing in, too. Um, we, we, of course, my wife takes uh, supplements through Health Masters. And, and you know Ted Brower. In fact, he's coming on this weekend or this, uh, this this Friday and he's got a show on Global Star Radio Network and uh, she has trouble sleeping at night and she does not like television or anything on in the bedroom except for whole tones and uh uh, so she's she's experienced very positive results from this as well you know and and again when you go through a week without proper sleep you get a little cranky ain't good for the marriage especially at tax time so anyway uh, so whole tones, go to whole dot com and take advantage of the ten dollar uh ten dollar coupon. Sorry. Here's a couple quick ones. Um, sure. My son tried to commit suicide two weeks ago. He suffers greatly from depression and alcohol addiction. I was paralyzed with fear. I gave this suffering to the Lord. My son and I listen to whole tones, and he has totally switched from despair to positivity. I have not seen this in him before. Thank you, God. Um, let's see. I can really breathe. What is this music? I can't stop breathing deeply. I'm not stressed out. Then I started laughing. On the second one, I started yawning uncontrollably. My husband wept during the first one. Neither of us was told to expect anything. This is the most wonderful and amazing sound of God I have ever experienced. Not even sure what has happened or is still happening on the inside of me, but I do know there is good coming from it. Negative thoughts and sadness, depression are leaving. Anger is leaving. Rest is coming. It's all day long and when I sleep for the very first time. When I heard this music for the first time, I wanted to listen to them all, so I did laugh out loud. I want to share these with so many that I know that are sick and suffering physically or emotionally. God's hand is truly in this and upon this. Thank you, Michael Terrell and others with him that have put this together for turning to God and trusting him for this. For your heart, for those that have never heard these healing sounds and who need them desperately, for making the unrighteous decision of others to take these sounds from those who can benefit from them and bring them out of darkness and back into the light for your searching God and what he wants you to do and your obedience to do it. 
You have been faithful, and I believe it's just the beginning. I believe that this is just another reason why God purposed you in this life. God bless you and all your families. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And there's hundreds of these, and they're from all around the world. One quick one here. Um, Michael, I wanted to tell you, Netherlands, Michael, I wanted to tell you that the whole tones has saved my life many times over. I am living with, uh, this is what I, where I was going from there, so uh, once again, <laughs> I'm living with PTSD. And suicide never leaves my mind for very long. In my book, Pure Hell, But I Made It Through, I talk about the spiral that I go through. Whole Tones has helped me to lessen the effects of this, and I thank you so much. God bless you, my brother. And that was when you were talking about law enforcement. One of the biggest um, inroads we've had are with our soldiers that come back from long duties in Iran and uh, Afghanistan that come back with either TBIs or PTSD. And the testimonies that have been coming in from the different uh, military installations, a couple of just absolute giant ones from Fort Fort Drum not long ago. One guy that uh, had been completely unresponsive for 11 months and um, his wife contacted me and asked if I would send her a copy of Whole Tones. I said, yeah. And um, long story short, she started playing it every night. And she said one, one night at 3 o'clock in the morning, Corey uh, came into the bedroom and started holding her and hugging her and saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love my children, went and hugged the children. And uh, this is kind of emotional. I'll try to get through it. So anyway, she said, he's coming around listening to this music. And so I went to the church to speak. And uh, I saw Mrs. Freddie, and she said, well, don't, don't you want to meet him? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, he's greeting today. And I walked in, and the soldier hugged me, like squeezing the life out of me. It was him. And at that point, he was 80% back. And now he's 100% back and working. He's got a new job. And um, so people wonder why I'm excited about what I do is because I see real-life people's lives changing. By, I mean, who would have, I mean, again, who would have thought? Who would have thought a billionaire would be sitting in the Oval Office tonight? Who would have thought that God could use some long-haired musician bozo to put out music that changed people's lives? Who would have thunk? I know. I know. And, uh, <laughs> you, you know, you did mention something earlier. Um, I do have it on authority, and I can say this. Uh, this came up about, oh, I don't know, about a week ago. In the inner circle of the man sitting in the seat of power, yeah, there's some whole tones going on around that camp. I'll just say that. <laughs> so you're right. I think it's just a matter of time. Like, I, like I was really, I'm. I just love how you guys. Well, I love you guys. I love what you do. And but I thought that was so funny right away when you mentioned that. You could have mentioned any email in the world, but that's really what's on my heart. If someone said, "What's on your heart right now?" It's like. Our country needs this music, not because it's my music, but because it's God's music. Our country needs this music because our country needs to take a deep breath and we need to relax. And we have to learn how to love each other again. And, yep. it, and it's the most difficult thing in the world to love somebody that's polarized from your political point of view. But we have to. I mean, we're all Americans. We've got to find a way how to love each other again. And, and, there's, and, and it's funny that, that what's been removed is the very essence of what love is in our country. And now there's a chance that we'll return to that place again. Um, and then we'll, we'll be able is. to... Yeah. yeah. That's it. I mean, yeah. and, and we need this, you know, we need that so badly. And um, wow, yeah. It's so funny sometimes, Doug, you know, because I travel and, you know, I it's, it's a potpourri, you know. I don't get to... 
um, like like Mr. Ben King, I love that he said, "I'm so blessed that you know most of my clients are Christians." Well, most of the people that when I'm out, you know, doing what I do, most of the people aren't. I mean, in the businesses and stuff. I mean, sure, obviously, if I go to a conference, all the Christians are going to find out they're going to come hang out with me. But the bottom line is, when I go to these conferences that are business conferences, sometimes I'm the only one. And wow. um, it was really funny the other night. Um, I was at this meeting, you know, and it was a bunch of really high-level marketing people and quick bank folk and all these people, you know, that are, you I mean, they're well-known folk. And it's amazing that in their hearts they're great people, but they look at other people as a confirmation number on an invoice. And they don't know what to do with somebody that doesn't see life that way. And and I had one of those moments where I was speaking, and just like we were talking about a minute ago, and all of a sudden, you know, and, and knowing that these people don't, you know, they don't, they're not crazy about the fact I'm a Christian. They're not crazy about the fact that I voted for Donald Trump as president. They're not crazy about any of that. But but they couldn't help but be crazy about me. And what I'm saying to you is that. We're not talking about introducing our world to a cardboard cutout of Jesus that can't hold or love. What we're talking about is introducing people to someone that you can't help but love if you ever really ever meet him. It's impossible not to fall in love with Christ if you ever really get to meet the real Jesus. I was talking to this famous musician the other night, and I can't mention his name. <laughs> um, but you know him. And okay. uh, he recently gave his life to Jesus. And the one thing he said, man, he said, I can't believe how many years I was messing around with church Jesus until I came to love the real Jesus. And I thought, church Jesus, that's pretty good. Because he said that, you know, he went to church as a kid. His parents made him go to church. He goes, yeah, I knew church Jesus. He goes, but now I know the real Jesus. And I think that's what our world needs more than music and everything else, man. They need the real Jesus. They need love. Yeah. And there it is. Michael Terrell, you've taken us to the end of the program. I can't believe this hour went, yeah, this went by so fast. I mean, well, we've, we've got, actually, I'll tell you what, we've got, uh, let me see. Let me do, uh, two minutes left, roughly. Um, so you've got the floor, two minutes. Anything you want to say? It's, it's, uh, it's yours. Wow, you guys are too much. Well, obviously, I want people to visit. Uh, what is our one tonight? Whole Tones Live? Is that it? WholeTonesLive.com. That's correct. Yeah, and I want them to read the testimonies and listen to the samples and stuff, too, and see if it's something for them, obviously. But um, could, could I take my minute and a half and just pray for our country real quick? Would that be? Oh, that, that would be wonderful. Okay. Well, Lord, first of all, I just want to thank you once again for Doug and for Joe and for most of them most of all their love for you which is obvious and I ask that you'd bless everything their hands touch and that you take their voices everywhere that it needs to go and I'm humbled and I thank you Lord for the beautiful people that listen to this show and I ask God that you would continuously uh, bless this beautiful wonderful country that we're, we're able to live in tonight you bless our administration our president keep him safe thank you for your blood that covers him ask you God to do supernatural wonderful things in this country of ours and uh, I pray that you'd become famous here again and the, the noise of the people would noise your name abroad. I ask you, God, that you would continuously uh, hold us up here, continuously give me bright ideas and witty ideas in the night watch and keep me out of the way so we can continue to make things that help your people. We love you and thank you for all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, it has been such a pleasure 
Michael, thank you so very much. And the, our, our, we just wish you the best, and, and certainly um, give Gabriella uh, a hug. Um, well, that happens. Oh. That happens on Friday. Okay. <laughs> Can't wait. Oh, fantastic. It, it, th- thanks for thanks for everything you have done. Thanks for what oh, you created and put together, and, and thanks for sharing it with us tonight. Because this is exactly what we need. And. Um, Wow. You know, you know we, we can talk about problems all day long, but solutions, this to me is a solution, and thank you. Well, I want to do, I want to make things that work, and next time I promise I'll have the video on. Okay. <laughs> all <laughs> right. right. Looking forward to it, my brother. Thank all you right, so friends. very much. God bless you. All right. God bless. Wow. Well, folks, that'll do it for us tonight. Wow. What a great, you know, Michael Turrell's a great guy, and, and the, 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 he just is. Uh, and, the, and, the, and the whole tone's live. Fantastic product, Joe. Absolutely. <clears throat> Don't forget, tomorrow night we have an incredible show lined up for you. Anthony Patch and L.A. Marzuli will be Ooh, yeah. Don't miss on that. together uh, from 7.30 to 9. That's and the Anthony first time, Patch, right? Yes, this is the first time they're on together. And then Anthony Patch will be on from 9 to 10. So from 7.30 to 9, L.A. Marzuli and Anthony Patch. And Anthony Patch solo for the final hour. It's going to be a, uh, an explosive and very informative show. And then we close out the week with Charles Brandt, followed by Dr. Ted Brewer on Friday. So make sure you, you tune in. Um, just on a note tomorrow, we will be audio only, as we will be streaming live on YouTube at the same time, but audio only tomorrow and Friday. We'll be back up to normal, running everything on Monday. So till then, till tomorrow, stay safe, have a good night.